right, welcome ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us here live. We are going out to, it is a Tuesday today, September 14th. Good to be with you all, thank you for joining us, whether you're joining us later on in the archives, of course, uh, or the many platforms that we go out to, redice.tv slash live, you can watch us there, and of course on the members website, just click up on the menu, and you have live stream right at the bottom of that. Uh, or VK, Odyssey, uh, what have we got more to? Uh, DLive for now, but uh, we prefer you skip that platform because they did uh, take down our uh, chat from there. You can watch us on Trova, of course. Uh, Float, you can watch on Twitter as well. We do have quite a few people uh, actually joining us over there too. So uh, today we have... Uh, an interview lined up for you guys. Yes, it was a while ago. Uh, we've been doing a lot of other shows, of course, but we do want to pick up uh, some of the interviews again. We have a great guest with us today. Actually, next Tuesday, I can announce as well, we're going to have uh, John Waters, uh, the uh, Irish author. He kind of used to be on the... I think more on the left, like it was a progressive back in the day, kind of hippie-ish, but uh, he's done some really cool interviews with... Uh, uh, you know, Computer Forever and even Woes and stuff like that, Millennial Woes, uh, really good guy. He's uh, looking at the COVID stuff, of course, uh, big focus on that. So he'll be coming on next Tuesday. Uh, but today here on the show, we have Dan Lyman with us, who is um, working for Infowars. He also have a website called uh, borderhawks.news. Uh, and of course, he specializes in the European uh, side of the coverage. Uh, he's uh, over in Europe as well. Dan, uh, great to have you here. Thank you for coming on, sir. How are you? I'm great, Henrik. Thank you so much for having me on. Been a big fan of Red Ice for years, and it's truly an honor to join you today. Oh, awesome. Thank you. Uh, glad to have you here. I've been uh, watching your work. I, I check in regularly. You, you do great work on... Uh, well, you can reach the site going to uh, Europe uh, EuropeWars.com, right? That's one uh, way you can reach it. Uh, or just Europe.Infowars.com, I think. Yeah, both of those links will take you to the same site. So, you know, we, we all have to work around these sensors, and sometimes... One link gets censored, one URL, so we work with another one, and uh, we just try to give people as much access as possible. Exactly, and of course, you cover you know a lot of the, well, the the, the replacement, frankly, and the the border situation, the migrant situation, but a lot of other things too. And of course, now with with COVID added onto it, it's you know it's just issue after issue that's compounded. Done. So we we have some stuff we want to get into today, uh, but w w tell us for how how did you end up over in uh, Europe, and and when did you start working uh, with Infowars? Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, um, uh, my background is not in journalism uh, and it's not really in politics either, but uh, I did grow up in a very political family and uh, I had a lot of uh, access to great information. My mother was actually a delegate for Pat Buchanan's presidential campaign in 1992. So that probably tells you all you need to know about my family's political background. But, uh, you know, in my 20s, I was in music. I was in a band living in California and just living the band life and uh, not really paying any attention to politics whatsoever. Uh, but as we got deeper into the Obama administration and as I got a bit older and uh, started caring about more things other than just music and, you know, partying and all that stupid stuff, <laughs> uh, I started, you know, getting a bit more red-pilled about what was going on. I know some people say uh, when they come to our side of the, the spectrum, they started as liberals or leftists, and then they had a big uh, awakening moment. I was never a liberal or a leftist. I was always a uh, right wing or conservative, but definitely kind of normie con, I would say, because I just wasn't really educated on the issues. And then uh, once I started paying attention to things, I realized how messed up things really were. And then uh, I would say my big red pill was through uh, uh, food and nutrition and kind of figuring out how much we have been lied to through that realm of our existence and how much the powers that be have worked so hard to keep us sick and dumbed down. And uh, that really was what broke the glass for me and stepped through it and then realized uh, also that applied to basically everything in life. And uh, from there, that went on my political journey. 
And uh, so during that time, I was kind of uh, transitioning out of music, trying to figure out what to do next. And I had a friend of mine that asked me if I wanted to join him for uh, like a food and nutrition blog. And so we did that for a little while. And it was great fun. And, you know, by no means we were experts, but we were trying to expose our friends and readers to some interesting kind of alternative nutrition type stuff. And then I found myself after a while saying, man, I just feel more and more political about what I'm posting because it all ties in together. So I started blogging politically and realized that's really something that I wanted to do and be kind of a reporter and just get involved in, in what was going on and viewed that as a way to basically fight for Western civilization is really in this info war, not to uh, use the pun lightly there, but that's really what it is, what you're doing and what we're doing. And so uh, once I got down that path, I said, if I'm going to do this, I need to do this for real and I need to also make a living doing it. And so uh, fate uh, had its way with me and, uh, you know, I put it in God's hands and uh, I said, I would love to work at InfoWars if I'm going to do this for real. And I would say about a year later, I was at InfoWars and it was all just kind of a, a series of events that happened uh, right as I was moving to Iceland. Actually, I lived a year in Iceland and right after I moved there, InfoWars actually needed someone that was living on European time to contribute to the website from that time zone. And uh, from there, the rest is history. So now I'm in Switzerland and uh, the bureau chief for InfoWars Europe and also a writer for our main sites. And you have up there borderhawk.news as well, which is a separate entity. All right. Uh, excellent. Uh, how did you like Iceland, by the way? It had its pros and cons for yeah. sure. It's an enchanting <laughs> place. I mean, the it's just stunningly beautiful and it has so much to offer in that regard. But uh, also it's a small place. The weather is pretty horrible. The winter is very long and dark. And, uh, you know, I don't have to tell you being a Swede, um, but, uh, you know, it's not easy getting through that. And, you know, I, I felt like after one year I had had plenty, had my fill of Iceland. Uh, I have never been back. Not that I would be opposed to it, but right. it's also very expensive. So it is I'm much yeah. happier here. Uh, exactly. And you for yeah, California uh, originally, you said, right? I previously was in California. Yeah. Uh, interestingly enough, I spent about a year up in your neck of the woods, up in Idaho, northern Idaho, yep. in between California and Iceland. Uh, was kind of getting into that whole prepper thing. Not not really sure where the world was going, but yeah. once I got that opportunity to try out Iceland, went from there. And so nice. yeah, maybe I'll end up back in Idaho someday. You never know. <laughs> we have stories but, uh, both uh, a little bit later if we have time to get to them, uh, both on what's going up here in northern Idaho. But also Iceland, of course, uh, regarding COVID. It's kind of interesting. Such a small place, and so it's kind of a, a laboratory of sorts, a Petri dish, and uh, but horrible at the same time because they're literally doing like – they're doing experiments on countries now. I think even even Israel, they talked about that. The Pfizer chief was like, yeah, it's basically a laboratory. Whatever happens there is going to the U.S. a couple of months later. And right now, of course, we're, we're seeing what's happening there, which means you're going to have more deaths. You're going to have more vaccine-driven strains and all that stuff. But we, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. I, I did want to start, just, just your general take on some of the stuff that we've seen recently with just the utter... And, you know, I know some people have a different take on this. You could, just the debacle of Afghanistan. And, of course, we had a 20-year anniversary here of 9-11 just a few days ago. So a lot of things on that front has been going on. I think it was kind of a planned uh, implosion, really, of the Afghan campaign. We're obviously looking still at a very powerful military. Of course, there's... there's um, Incompetence, yes. They, I mean, many of these generals now—they're more worried about uh, woke issues than they are about actually winning, you know, winning these campaigns and stuff like that. But obviously, they could have done a lot more if they wanted to. But what's your view of what what happened here over the last couple of, uh, well, m uh, the last month, really? I would generally agree with the gist of what you said because 
you know, when when Trump was trying to get us out and it seemed like that was uh, on, on the cards um, and then it just didn't happen. And that was a bit frustrating. But then as soon as Biden came in, basically, it was OK, we're getting out. And, you know, I had some people you know behind the scenes messaging me saying, oh, this is great. I mean, if he's done anything right, uh, this is one of those things. And I said, don't take this at face value. There's so much more to this. And we're going to find out exactly what it is when it plays out. And frankly, I mean, it was worse than even I think any of us could have imagined. Just the just the humiliation of the United States on the world stage is is you know kind of a a, a boomy tier take on that. But you know that's a real thing, and uh, I think this this regime is definitely intent on humiliating the United States and really humiliating patriotic Americans and the men and women who served in Afghanistan for the past twenty years. And you know, uh, I wouldn't question any of their motives. I would say many of them were good people who thought they were doing the right thing, especially early on in the conflict there. And I have relatives who have served there. And I think it was also a way to um, just really demoralize many of them who were over there who were who lost loved ones or who were you know permanently wounded, lost limbs. And then they can see that the globalists can rub it in their eye and say, you know, you did all that for nothing. This is how much we hate you. But uh, my real concern was what the migration crisis would look like afterwards. And I would say that is already exceeding my worst nightmares as to what is going on and just uh, just what's going on with the importation straight to America. Um, it's just a free for all. And, you know, I expected it to hit Europe and it will and it's starting to. But I, I didn't I can't say that I saw it being this bad for the United States, uh, as bad as it's already been. Yeah, exactly. And, and I saw I, I saw this story actually from um, uh, borderhawk, borderhawks.news uh, on the 20th anniversary of 9-11 terror attacks. Biden unleashes human tsunami from Afghanistan on U.S. And, we should, you know, that's a very good thing to always keep in mind. I mean, we, we've talked about the opium uh, production, of course, that it was actually uh, uh, lower under the Taliban than the U.S. military came in and it picked right back up again. And, of course, this was consequently... I believe things that were used to to essentially create the fentanyl crisis in the U.S. and stuff like that. You had a humanitarian crisis, which meant millions and millions of people try to get to primarily to Europe. Now we have you know some being literally shipped over to the U.S. Of course, again flown you know for, for first class almost straight over. Um, but the real wave that's going to happen is always going to happen in, in Europe. And you, what you see as well is many other countries piggybacking on this, just like they did during the Syrian war. We had a, a huge Afghan population come to Sweden using the Syrian conflict kind of as a, as a as an excuse, really, as well. So we've seen estimates as many as, uh, I mean, people are saying up to 3 million people are on the move right now. Where, where do you think this is going to go? It's so bad. We've seen what Afghans have done to Europe so far. And, you know, one of the things that I cover most often at InfoWars Europe is, is migrant crime and uh we could probably do 10 or 20 stories a day, I would say, and at least five of them being in France alone, uh, five more in Germany, a few more in Sweden. I mean, you know, it's all the usual suspects, these yeah. countries. Yeah. Um, but having been tracking this for a couple of years now, you start to notice some some real patterns. And one of those patterns is that very often, especially in the heinous sexual crimes, it's Afghans that are the perpetrators in those crimes. And that is really one of the saddest things that has been inflicted upon Europe and the women of Europe and the girls of Europe, the children, um, and sometimes even the men. I mean, we've seen some pretty crazy rape stories. I know you've c covered them over the years. They, they really yeah. don't care what they're going after as long as it uh, has a pulse. And um, 
so to see that there's going to be so many more of them coming over, you know, I say the worst people that have invaded Europe in recent years have to be either Afghans, Pakistanis, or Somalis. And so to see that uh, there's so many more Afghans coming right now, it's really troubling. And uh, it's, it's just, it was disturbing when they were talking about just bringing in the quote unquote interpreters. Magically, there were hundreds of thousands of interpreters to be brought into uh the U.S. and Europe, but now at this point, it's just a free for all, and they're they're yeah. on their way, and they're already being brought in. It's very disturbing. Yeah, and I saw, uh, I think the, the the right uh, vertical or eyes on Europe. I saw some. I think it was yesterday uh, in that list of like Macron says he won't let them in or whatever. You know, certain countries have said certain things, but rhetoric doesn't matter. I mean, these people have been talking about this forever, and and at the end of the day, it's action that matter. If Europe, same thing there really with. It's an intentional, they're playing like they're victims of sorts. Like, oh, this is just happening to, we can't do anything against this. For some reason, borders held up for, I mean, uh, centuries, right? For the for the most part. Uh, and, and, but all of a sudden, it was like this, you know, uh, someone just fired the gun back in 2014, 15, 16, really, when the migrant crisis first picked up. And it was this like, well, we can't do anything. They're just coming here and we can't hold them back. We We, we, just, we have to let them in. Uh, which is insane, which to me means there was an agreement of sorts, you know, from from up top that this is the plan. Uh, pretend it's just happening to us. But all, in the meantime, let all these people in, uh, create the chaos. Then we can, you know, uh, re then, then we can come in and restore order afterwards. But we've seen many of these migrants illegally, too. Of course, they've gained citizenship. They've become welfare dependent in many European nations. And many of them, too, just openly admit in, in video footage. We've seen interviews done with them. No, we want to go to Germany where the, where the welfare is good. We want to go to Sweden, uh, the UK, stuff like that, right? All the time. You know, they never stay in the Balkans if they have a choice, or they never stay in Greece if they have a choice, for that matter. They're always headed to northern European countries where the handouts are fantastic. But, you know, we have seen in the last 18 months, just how efficient our governments can be when they want to control our movements, when yes. they literally want to keep us in our own homes. So to think that they can't keep people out of our countries when they can keep us in our own homes is ludicrous. Yeah. And anyone who doesn't, who buys these ridiculous arguments from our government saying, oh, there's nothing we can do about it, or we're trying, or, or we're paying some other country to hold them back. I mean, this is just a raping and pillaging of, of our finances as well. We have Germany has paid out untold sums to the Turkish government to supposedly hold migrants back there. Spain has similar agreements with Morocco. And whenever Morocco feels like it, you know, they unleash 10,000 migrants into Ceuta in, in a day. And it's like it's they don't even bat an eye. And then uh, the European government scrambled to give them more of our money. It's it's a giant grift, a giant money money laundering operation. Exactly, it's true. There's so many things weaved into it, so many agendas at the same time. Now, uh, I, I want to drive go into this a little bit too regarding uh, the tie here between and again the 20th anniversary here of 9/11, of course, and that we could <laughs> spend hours and hours and hours, hours and hours talking on. And I've always kind of you know covered it, but there's so many other people that cover it in great detail and stuff like that. Uh, but I. I the link was made here the other day and it, and it's been you know it's been down for a while we've talked about it too that it's like this war on terror obviously has now shifted focus it's become a war on domestic uh, terrorism that that's what it is now it's turned inward against america and i remember people like alex right even back in uh, must have this been 2007 8 maybe something like that maybe even earlier warned that eventually 
this will be turned on uh, on Americans, right? The uh, Patriot Act and Department of Homeland Security. It's going to be white Al Qaeda and stuff like that. And we and we've literally seen these links being made right now. And George W. Bush himself, which of course is just a front man, right? He's not the one behind uh, starting the wars. It's a whole band of neocons standing behind him, of course. But this is what he said. Let me play this clip regarding uh, making the link uh, between 9/11 and January 6. Uh, sixth, uh, this, this, the dom new domestic terrorism that they're talking about. Listen to this. And we have seen growing evidence that the dangers to our country can come not only across borders, but from violence that gathers within. There is little cultural overlap between violent extremists abroad and violent extremists at home. But in their disdainful pluralism, in their disregard for human life, in their determination to defile national symbols, they are children of the same foul spirit, and it is our continuing duty to confront them. It's interesting that he mentions the defilement of national symbols. That sounds like uh, you're talking about like BLM. What are you talking? <laughs> what are you talking about? There's plenty of domestic terrorists if you want them, right? <laughs> it's the same exact thing that I thought of as soon as he said. Well, I mean, when he said defilement of national symbols, I'm thinking of all these statues they're cutting down and destroying and replacing with with kente cloths and bizarre uh, artifacts from this insane time that we live in yeah i talk about defiling national uh, art uh, monuments and talk about destroying a national monument like the world trade center and and whatever role he played in that you know one of the most incredible destructions of a national monument uh, of a, a basically a landmark uh, a, a building uh, a, a feat of incredible architecture yeah. and construction on american soil so i mean with the hypocrisy it knows no bounds and it really is incredible when it comes to george w bush and it was so funny you know around this time recently in the last few days seeing ben shapiro tweeting that he believes that inherently George W. Bush is a good man. He's just made some mistakes. I mean, just repulsive. I see this guy. He's a lizard creature to me. He's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's incredible, right? Yeah, that's right. We covered that. The uh, Whatever they put in the new time capsule there, right? It was, uh, uh, yeah, cloth. It was like some LGBTQ pins or something, or maybe it was some dildo or something. Who knows what it, was, <laughs> what it was, right? But yeah, this. I, I hope that whoever opens that in 100 years from now is like, well, these people were obviously insane, and thank God we're, we we have nothing to do with them anymore. But uh, we'll see. Sometimes I tell you, sometimes if it, it feels we're standing right on the right at the the, the brink, right on the edge uh, of our civilization, and and everyone is kind of just cautiously waiting for some kind of massive collapse. I, I'm not sure it will happen that fast. M maybe it will, but uh, I tell you, some days it just feels like this can't this can't go on like this. It, 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 something has to give, right? <laughs> You know, this past weekend, I had a little free time. I, I honestly, I never watch movies, but if I do watch a movie, I, I look for futuristic, dystopic type movies because I just want to know what's coming next or expand my imagination as to what it might look like. And I've gone through a lot of them, but I had never seen Elysium. And I watched that, and uh, I guess that's set about 200 years into the future. And, and even though I know it's a Hollywood production and it's ridiculous and it's Matt Damon, but it really struck close to home just looking at what, you know, what they pictured Los Angeles and the United States looking like at that time. And I was like, man, I really think, I don't want to believe this, but I think we're on the pathway on that trajectory. Yeah. And I really don't hope it doesn't happen, but it, it, it felt too close to home. Yeah, that, I did. Uh, yeah, we put it on the other uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think, actually, again, too. Uh, very interesting the way they depict that. And, of course, there's also this, uh, 
I guess the, the the magical technology that they just have access. I see it as a euphemism for basically Elysium is like white society, right? And 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 the migrants have to get in and get access to what it is that they have. They just have this mad, you know, in our timeline, it's magical soil, I guess. In the, in that timeline, it was a magical medical devices that they just need to access to. And we just, we're so evil, right? The white people, we're just holding it away from them. It's, you know, you could read other stuff into it, but that's kind of the gist of what I got to it. But it, it nonetheless, it's, a, it's actually a, uh, kind of an interesting admission, really, from uh, Bloomkamp, the director, uh, who's from you know South Africa. So he, I- I'm sure he's highly politicized on that front too, right? Yeah, it, it really did feel like a, a total metaphor for uh, society right now. And then they had to smuggle in all these illegals to give them medical care uh, back up up on the uh, space station there. And yeah. every everyone was legal once they broke the system down. I mean, there were so many parallels to society right now, and. I was kind of half hoping that there might be an Elysium someday that we can all escape to, but right. I'm not too optimistic. <laughs> yeah, I have a story later on the, the collapse of the of the space program. Unfortunately, um, let's talk about this one. Let's see what else we have. We had the well, there was a, there was some pushback here from uh, from Trump. Uh, he took aim at George W. Bush, saying he shouldn't lecture uh, about threat of domestic terrorism. At least he's pushing back on some of this. Uh, these are literally the boys that. I mean, they they created uh, uh, terrorism, right? I mean, you could sure you can analyze anything that ha- everything that happened on nine eleven, why they dropped the guard, why they allowed this to happen, how they used the situation, how they benefited from it, this nepotism of like you know bringing in their own corporations to act as the cleanup crew, like Halliburton in Iraq and stuff like that. I mean, it's just like one thing after another of what these people did, not only to us but also to the 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 countries that they invaded, right? And and that in turn then drove the migration crisis and all this stuff. So maybe not every single step along this way uh, or step along this path has been planned, but they certainly utilized everything of it. They squeezed everything they could out of this crisis, Dan. No question at all. And, and, you know, and, and like you said, there have been plenty of people that have been warning since the implementation of the Patriot Act and just this insane uh, surveillance network that was basically erected since then. You know, I was uh, f- I had to fly around the U.S. recently. I was visiting the U.S. this summer and uh, was just reminded how much I hate the flying experience in the yeah, U.S. Uh, between TSA and all these insane rules. And they've gotten so much worse, of course, since COVID. And, I, you know, I was hearkening back to the days when you and I were young lads. You were probably in Sweden at the time, but you could walk your way right up to the gate with a family member who wasn't flying. And yep. there was very little to uh to pass through uh, on the gate checks and all that and it was a very laid back experience and now it is totally hellacious and you feel like a criminal from the time that you enter the airport till you exit the airport at your destination it's very unsettling and we can trace this all back to 9-11 of course yeah exactly uh, what do you want to say about owen owen um Schroyer and his situation, of course, we we briefly talked about January 6th. And, and again, the, this is the war on domestic terrorism here. And they've, they've tried to squeeze everybody they can on this uh, front, basically. Uh, I, I saw his announcement, but I haven't kept up with the latest. Uh, do you know what's going on with his uh, case? Yeah, I'm not totally sure what's going on behind the scenes. I'm sure there are, he has to be very careful about what he talks about. Uh, I am so encouraged to see that they, that we've really raised an incredible amount, a sum of money for his legal defense because I don't think it's going to even touch what it's really going to come out to in the end because it's my understanding that he is going to you know, basically sue the government for uh, you know in, th- throughout this process and go after the government in, in response to treating him basically as a political prisoner. But as you can imagine, uh, you know, this hits really close to home. I'm good friends with Owen. He and I, we call each other the class of 
16. That's when we came on at InfoWars. Obviously, he's a bit more prominent figure than I am. But when you see one of your colleagues who's really, you know, on the same level playing field as you, a similar age and a similar position, and the feds are hauling them off, you know, to jail or arresting them, uh, you know, it's very unsettling. And it really becomes gives real. You a chilling look as to, you know, what we could be looking at not too long for all of us if they deem us all. Uh, if they find something they want to get us all on, and, and like they said, if, if, if the FBI wants to uh, or indict a ham sandwich, they'll find a way. Yeah, so yeah. you and I could have totally clean noses, and I'm sure that we do, and they'll find a way to get us if they want to. And, and Owen is pretty close to, you know, on the same level as us, and they've, they've gone after him very aggressively. So we wish Owen the best, and if anyone wants to chip in at that legal defense fund, you know, hop right on that. We're, we're all doing our best to pull for him because I know he's going to fight this all the way to the end. Yeah, we need people, you know, we need people like Owen to, to push back against this and and make sure that they, you know, he doesn't end up in any uh, any trouble here, right? So, yeah, uh, givesendgo.com is the website. Uh, just look for Owen Schroyer, but the full title of it is Emergency Owen Schroyer Legal Defense Fund. Uh, chip into that if you guys want to support Owen in that. And, of course, it's complete just insane uh, persecution. And they've tried to, you know, pick everybody that they could. But then, you know, as you said, the the, the uh, implication of the, um, uh, the 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 ham sandwich example that you gave, right? There's so many of these sting operations too that even if they can't, even if the terrorism that they so desperately need to 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 drive this narrative, if that's not there, these people will produce that. They will do sting operations. They will uh, haul people out that can fulfill this role and stuff like that. And and of course, we, we saw that with January sixth. We've seen that uh, afterwards as well. It's a narrative completely driven by uh, by media and intelligence services for the most part, uh, and they're trying to classify an entire. I mean, let's face it; it's it's white white Americans, which which is the big problem for them right now. That's the ones who, who they're targeting. Uh, there's articles they're openly talking about this too. I think again, going back to the link between 9/11 and uh, Sept- um, September, <laughs> January 6th. That uh, you, you know the implications the many journalists had, and, and, and we saw that over the uh, over the weekend here. Uh, basically, January six was was even worse than nine eleven. Three thousand people died on that day, right? Uh, and I think the majority of those were, were Americans, obviously. And as far as I know, we only had one person that, that was actually killed directly that day. We, yes, there was some police officer the day after, but that came out that it wasn't that was actually unrelated to. The, the media tried to say it was because of injuries gained that day or sustained that day, which it apparently wasn't. Uh, but regardless, I mean, they've been trying to, and it was Ashley Babbitt. That's what I was thinking. Ashley Babbitt died that day. She was shot. One of the supposed terrorists, right? How can you even compare this? This is there's not even in the same universe, Dan. Well, look, Ashley Babbitt was, for all intents and purposes, an American patriot, someone who served her country. So many tours in combat, uh, fighting on behalf of her country. We can disagree with her opinion, maybe on QAnon or something like that. But I mean, these are very like base level stuff, but clearly was not was not a bad person, seemed like a really, really great person. I've heard interviews with her husband, just salt of the earth Americans. And you link that to, I just saw a story uh, that the supposedly the Navy SEAL who killed Osama bin Laden, I say supposedly, we don't really know what happened there, but this guy, he was just put on a Delta no fly list because he wasn't, he wouldn't wear a mask or there was a, a mask altercation of some kind. Another American patriot, another, you know, great military veteran who's being treated as a terrorist. And, uh, you know, Owen Schroyer is another great American patriot. These are people who only want the best for the country and uh, really, you know, want to see us kind of uh, overthrow this globalist uh, rule over us. And, and that's really what, what um, threatens the powers that be at this point. But these are great people 
who are being reclassified as terrorists and being treated as such. And we're seeing more and more of that from this administration. And it yeah. really is unsettling uh, when you see Navy SEALs who, who kill Osama bin Laden. I mean, and then at the same time, they're bringing in known terrorists from Afghanistan right now and yeah. giving them cash payments and allowing them to hop Ubers off the military base to go hang out in little towns in Virginia and Texas. It's very disturbing. There's really dark stuff happening in the U.S. right now. I know. It's incredible. Yeah, I have a story on that later. Here, here's one just to sneak that in, that if they if they did actually want to try to find some terrorists in this country, they they could. Antifa, BLM, they, they've literally spent... Um, you know, well, not just 2020. This has been going since, what, 2014, I think it really picked up, right? There was several, I remember the one, the big one for me was when um, uh, in Dallas, when one of the BLM supporters shot, I was a four or five cops or something like that, something crazy. Um, Antifa, BLM, they, they, burning down cities, uh, uh, you know, targeting people out on the street, beating people to death. They have uh, shot cops. They have uh, put federal, you know, set federal buildings on fire and stuff like that. Here's one story just the other day. Uh, a former Washington State Democrat organizer, uh, organizer federally convicted over terrorist attack on railroads that they're trying to derail trains. Imagine, Dan, if if a so-called right-winger or a nationalist or something like that would, would do something like this. This would have been wall-to-wall coverage, you know? I, I remember this story. I think it was a year or two ago. Uh, or Oh, it was pretty recently. Okay, but I think the incident was a year or two ago. And I think it was her and like her girlfriend, and they were trying to basically derail trains. Yeah. And we have ha- we've had some d- train derailments, some odd ones. There are strange ones with the oil trains especially that are transporting oil and uh, and coal across the northern United States. We've had a few of those in recent years. And also in Canada, they've had a lot of train derailments in Canada. Yeah. They've also had a lot of uh, Christian churches that have been burned down. And it, the indications are that it's basically Antifa behind all of this. And they never, they, they hardly, I mean, hardly ever face any uh, sort of um, prosecution for it, or they're even rarely they're caught. But, you know, but if Proud Boys fights them in the street, you know, the entire Proud Boys organization, as loose as it is, gets termed a domestic uh, terrorist entity in multiple countries just for uh, trying to combat these evil, evil scumbags. Um, but then there's so many stories like these uh, that are maybe a little bit lesser that don't even reach uh, at, at all. They don't reach the media at all. You know, I cover them once in a while. Uh, recently, there was a guy who firebombed uh, LAPD uh, uh, precinct office and, uh, you know, through a Molotov cocktail and he was an Antifa and, uh, that got almost no coverage whatsoever. I just happened to come across it in, you know, very local LA news. So you have to wonder how much of this is going on and, and just really never even reaching our eyes, even as much as we comb the news it's happening yeah. every day, I reckon. Yeah. So again, I mean, uh, so she was convicted at trial and terror- terrorism charges, so you know, sure, that's that, that's that's good, and that that that's just as it should be, right? But again, the main narrative around this is not driven. There's no, hardly, as you say, hardly anything in the media about this. And they, and if they wanted to, uh, they could definitely find plenty of terrorism. Uh, it's absolutely crazy. Let, let's talk about this for a little bit too. The just the insane situation when it comes to inflation, uh, money printing. We have two. Uh, trillion dollar plus, I think one was $1.5 trillion a bill, and then there's one at 3.6 or something like that. Uh, incredible stuff, right? One trillion infrastructure bill. Uh, Senate passed that, of course, and then there was a second one. Senate passes $3.5 trillion budget plan, uh, advancing sweeping safety net expansions. And there's some stuff, of course, weaved into this that we'll talk about too, uh, where they're trying to uh, push for, uh, to, to legalize 8 million immigrants through this budget bill. 
how long can they just go on and print money like this? I mean, this there's this cannot last forever. I it seems like they feel like they can do it forever, or they have some uh, endpoint in mind where they're just going to go right up to that endpoint and just keep enriching you know uh, everyone that they uh, their cronies that they need to enrich in the meantime, but. Do you remember when Trump was only asking for $10 billion or so to build the southern border wall? Mm -hmm. And the, you know, the NPCs were, we don't have enough money for that. We don't have enough money for that. We can't afford that. That is just a drop in the bucket compared to what they're doing now. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it, it bodes poorly. My recommendation is, <laughs> and this is not financial advice. I'm not a financial advisor. Look into Bitcoin or look into some other, you know, crypto type thing if that's your your style but i mean yeah. get out of the us dollar uh, as much as you comfortably can because it's not going anywhere good right no, now no this is just between these two bills for uh, that's over 4.5 trillion and they're just throwing around trillions like they th used to throw around billions now right and uh, even the afghan war we played a clip um, a couple of weeks uh, a week or so back and it was a good forbes piece and they were talking about just the the interest on the loans from the afghan wars uh, was in the 6.5 trillion, uh, uh, you know, if you compound it and, and go move forward like a decade or something like that. The, who's who's going to pay this back? They're, they're, this is the money that they're taking from future generations, of course, and, and ensuring them that they will live in, in poverty and squalor, basically. Even if it was a healthy economy pre-COVID, even if, you know, we went back to the, you know, late 80s or 90s when the economy was was much stronger than it is now, it still wouldn't stand a chance against this money printing. But now we're looking at it, you know, they've degraded the economy so much in the past 18 months with these lockdowns. And then at this point, you're going to have so much more degradation with the vaccine mandates, which are going to affect on both sides of the coin. They're going to affect the workers and the people that are dropping out of the workforce because of that. And then all the people who are being fired because of that. And then all the people who won't be welcome in these businesses because of that. And it's going to be this snowball effect where the actual real economy is, is just going to continue to wither on the vine and there will be no way to prop this system up. It will fail eventually. I don't know when, probably sooner than later. Yeah, exactly. So that's one regarding uh, immigration, how that's weaved into these bills and it, and it comes to these... Um I mean, it should be an issue by issue basis, but it's not. They're just like packing as much into this as they possibly can, right? And and again, more to rub things in our faces here, right? As you said uh, prior to this, U.S. to deliver 64 million in aid to citizens of Taliban-ruled Afghanistan. Sweden even has a program. We, we've been the biggest, um, uh, well, they call it an aid partner, which I, I'm not sure why they even do that. But Sweden has been just, you know, uh, pouring money into Afghanistan for years. And it was like for things like you know, feminism and women's studies and, you know, these guys like insane things. And now when like the Taliban has taken over, like, are you going to stop sending them this money? Oh, oh, where is this going to go? That this None of this is going to be, you know, uh, on the agenda here anymore. I in a way, uh, great, good for them, right? Uh, <laughs> for throwing that bullshit out. But regardless, the, the, they're still pouring our money into into this country. Right. They're stealing from us and they're stealing from our future generations. And, you know, uh, the, the United States is, uh, in general, a disaster in terms of like infrastructure, uh, the quality of, of the, the, the airports, everything that that could all be upkept with our dollars that they're supposed to go to. And I have to say, having spent some time in Sweden, it's not doing too well there either. No. They could use a lot of upkeep at using Swedish dollars, American dollars to rebuild our nations, and they are certainly not doing that. So, I mean, it's just one more um, thing to add to this agenda that is really a spit in the eye 
of all the citizens of our nations who are funding this unbelievable, unbelievably corrupt agenda. Yeah, exactly. And then, of course, we do have the, uh, the, the, the our sweet detached elites on top of this, right? I have a couple of uh, stories here, which is kind of fun. This happened yesterday. Uh, Alexandria Urcasu Cortez was uh, at a Met, the Met Gala, and apparently she <laughs> was wearing a tax the rich dress uh, or a gown. Uh, $30,000 tickets, by the way, to join that. And we've seen a couple of these examples. This is just like, this is incredible. I even have some footage here. Uh, check this out. My God, uh, this is our, 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 our detached elites. They're trying to pretend that uh, they care about us. Uh, we're going to we're gonna push cool and edgy democratic socialism on you while we, uh, you know, while we drink our champagne over here. It's just so, it's also tiresome, Dan, isn't it? It really is so tiresome. This is such, so emblematic of... You know, it used to be fun to joke about clown world, and now it's just, it's depressing. The clown <laughs> pill doesn't even, doesn't even hit hard enough anymore. It doesn't get me out of the funk and seeing this stuff. You know, I, I guess this is uh, red meat for the boomers to see this tax the rich thing. And she, she's, rubbing, she's rubbing in the eye. She's being a troll. She knows what she's doing. Yeah. But these people are absolutely repulsive freaks. And, uh, you know, if everyone that was at the Met Gala yesterday wasn't here tomorrow, the world would be a better place. I totally agree. I totally agree. No, exactly. I'm not trying to say, oh, this is, you know, the, the oh, this is an outrage or this is the biggest, you know, thing to talk. It's more kind of fun uh, in a way, right? Um, yeah, we still have to have a little fun with it. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. This is obviously not the, you know, the biggest, uh, uh, you know, biggest problem out there now. But it's just to show this that it's like, as our countries are, are, are collapsing, right, controlled demolition, you could call it in a way, um, you have all these the, the young zoomers and other you know people that are pushing like socialism is going to be and again i mean i've seen this uh firsthand just growing up in sweden how this utterly has ruined people ruined a population we had 50 years of uh, social dem de democratic rule granted then the conservatives conservatives came in and really put the nail in that coffin but it, it, it wasn't only them doing it it was it was of course both both sides um but this created an environment where you had a a, a nanny state a, a hostile uh, political elite, which basically sought uh, slowly over time to degrade and wear down the Swedish population, and then the immigrant, uh, you know, issue became uh, the the biggest one, the replacement issue, if you will. And because we had such a parental type governmental system, we really, as a people, didn't learn to organize. This is one of the big advancements under under socialism, right? It, it takes care of everything for you, in a sense. It, it it causes you to give up control. It causes you to hand it over to others. And you're forced to hand it over to, to others, too. You cannot make your choices uh, yourself. And and again, if it was a socialist system where the, le the political leadership actually looked after the people, sure, I wouldn't be that much against it. But to argue you know i see all these americans who are like you know yeah it's edgy and cool with like democratic socialism or something it's like literally the most milquetoast boring thing that you ever can imagine if you if you ever grew up in europe right uh we want to get try to get away from that uh so we have you know the, the, here's some other ones right socialist e-girl shows her two uh, two million dollar apartment uh while wearing her tax the rich uh you know uh, sweatshirt right same thing with um what was his name again? Uh, Hassan Abi, right? The the T T Y T adjacent uh, nephew to <laughs> Chank Yogurt, make the rich pay, and then he was like, just uh, bought a uh, what was it? How many millions was it again? Uh, two point seventy four million uh, dollar mansion in West Hollywood. This is a these are this is the people people's champions here, Dan, for us. Yeah, you know what's so insidious about the, this whole this aspect uh, of things where you have these influencers and these very wealthy people who are advancing socialism. The thing that's so insidious to me is that 
they live this glamorous lifestyle and then they can promote socialism. And the problem is there are so many really dumbed down and uneducated and really uh, impressionable young people who think that this is what socialism is, that it truly is champagne socialism or champagne communism or luxury communism as that, uh, that one chick in the UK uh, says. Um, yeah. They think that this is what it means and this is what it embodies, but they've, they've, they've gotten almost everyone on board with this from sports stars to the, you know, to um, entertainers, to these social media influencers, and they can all flash their flashy lifestyles, their nice lifestyles on Instagram and, and TikTok and all that. And then at the same time, promote socialism. And people think that, that this is what socialism is going to be. And you, and you want to say, no, real socialism does not mean that you're going to get to live this lifestyle. There'll be a few of these folks and the rest of us will be living in dumps and favelas like, uh, you know, Brazil. Venezuela. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely right. <clears throat> and uh, it's something new to push that you can like get people attached to to fight for uh, as an op. Like this is this. No, this is going to be our way out of it. Right. And then at the end of the day, it's just kind of a, it's a, it's another trap, really. You know, I've I've, I've even seen people on the right over the last uh, year or so who's like, no, 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 like almost like Nazbol style. It's like, no, you know, under communism, we didn't have multiculturalism. It's like uh, actually they did. They put they pushed it even back then, but although granted, it wasn't as bad back then. And they, and they, I guess, they look to Eastern Europe as a kind of a solution. Uh, you know, the, well, they they haven't uh, had that, and they had communism and stuff, and it's like, well, I mean, it, frankly, in a way, as liberalism and globalism is a concern, Eastern Europe is just seen at, and, and I mean this word in a in a nice way, but they're kind of retarded. They're 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 just uh, you know 20, twenty years behind. Give them time and give the globalist time to work uh, on these nations, and they will be at the same place where we are today, basically, right? So we need something else to 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 push back. This is not the solution, and I don't know you know that too, Dan. But but I see it, and 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 I get a comment on it because it's so annoying. Here's another one, by the way, too. I forget what Malone. I forget she's just a senator or something. She came down on hard on um, uh, crypto. I remember that we we played a crypto. She was all worried that all these bad white people, uh, whites, she called them white supremacists, were using crypto. You got to shut it down. It was a the Coinbase CEO was there, and she was cornered them on that. But look at that image. That encapsulates everything right there. I know many of these lefties that look at. You know, dystopian movies and TV shows, and they see they see scenarios like this, where like a ruthless ruling class uh, is like separate from the rest of the plebes. Here you can see all the the masked servants behind her here, and she's wearing a dress that says uh, "equal equal rights for women." Uh, but it's it's still just one rule for them and another one for uh, the rest of us, right? Yeah, I hate really, really have this like burning hatred and and frustration with all of the people who work you know, in job servers or um, in, the, in the grocery stores or um, just anywhere in the service industry, let's say, or kind of like lower tier jobs, let's say, which I don't view them that way. But let's just say for, for the sake of conversation, that's what they are. And they're all forced to wear masks. And a lot of the time, the people that they're serving are not. Yeah. And it really bothers me because I see this dichotomy, this, this two tiered society coming, you know, into force even through that. And it's it really... These people are being treated like animals, like cattle yeah. and like slaves. And and I really, it's one of the worst 
aspects of COVID uh, hysteria that we're living in right now. Uh, I live in a pretty nice area of Switzerland and the people who frequent the cafes and the restaurants are not the type that work there. And they have no problem um, being rude to these people. And they, they couldn't care less because these people are basically, uh, they're unidentifiable to them uh, because they're behind these masks. I really, it, it's one of the worst, most dehumanizing things that's going on right now. Yeah. Yeah, well, definitely we'll uh, slide into COVID here in a moment. I, I had a couple of other ones I wanted to show. And uh, I know you have a kind of link to, to Idaho as well, you know, kind of where we are, our neck of the woods. Uh, and we had a couple of stories. Let me see if I can uh, pull that one up. Uh, apparently Biden uh, tried to argue. This was yesterday. It was like this weird thing, too. They cut off his feed and stuff. He started asking questions. He was... It was regarding, I think, if it was, a, you know, all the fires and stuff that's been up in, it's, well, it's been in California, of course. It's been in Washington, in Oregon, and in Idaho. It's been, uh, you know, really bad droughts and stuff like that. So he was up in Boise, I think, to uh, to talk with some, you know, authorities and fire chiefs and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but apparently he said that uh, Idaho Lumber Company, he was offered his first job there in Boise. It was like a Boise Cascadia or something, and apparently the, the company came out and said, "We have, we have no record of of, <laughs> of Biden ever getting a job here." He, this guy just makes shit up. I mean, this is not a big surprise, right? He, I mean, he's half, halfway, half foot into the grave. He's senile, borderline at least. Uh, so it wouldn't make it. But but it is interesting though that they just throw shit out and then you know you you people check them on it. And they just people just move on like nothing has happened. Like, well, if he lies about this, what else does he lie about? You know, imagine if Trump said it. I mean, I hate to do that that cheesy comparison, but just imagine if he did. Yeah, it would literally be the headline news on every story you'd be seeing in in European media. I mean, uh, and this guy just gets away with whatever he wants. I can't even imagine being the damage control team when they have to send this guy out there and he just says something so outlandish, and they're like, "How are we going to to deal with this and mop this mess up?" You know, I saw a clip from him the other day, uh, two or three days ago, and, and uh, I think it was C-SPAN had him on camera for a moment, just kind of a, a candid moment. And it was one of his craziest rants ever. It was like that person when they're drunk at the very end of the night, they're really, really drunk and they're just mumbling as they go to sleep. It was that level of Robert E. Lee, Afghanistan, Trump, Florida, wants to fight boxing. And it was like all in 30 seconds. And you know, it's clear that he's just, uh, he's really at the edge of his, his faculties right yeah. now. And it's just about uh, out of room here, I would Yikes. say. Yikes. Yeah, it doesn't bode well. Uh, I guess it's a, it's the, well, I mean, we know about the fraud and all that stuff, right? But it, 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 regardless, it's kind of a, a, well, I hate to say it, but it's kind of a leader that we deserve. He's a, he's a reflection of what's the overall trend, you know, of the country to a certain extent. Um so yeah, yeah. So w w let's talk about COVID a little bit. We can be begin up here since we're talking about uh, Idaho and stuff like that too. I saw this hit piece the other day. Uh, it's from ABC, but I think uh, yeah, Associated Press was the origin for that. Uh, and they were trying to kind of connect. They were, they, there's slandering all the bad things that they can say about things you know that went on, on up here supposedly. You know, Aryan nations and things like that. And I think that was all like you know Fed run basically, right? <laughs> most of that anyway. But on the other hand, they they're right in the sense when they're saying that there's an anti um, parental governmental streak here. There's a very freedom oriented, you know, um, uh, heavy group uh, or, or area, I should say. Uh, but they were trying to kind of circle that and saying like, well, the real problem why we can't fight the out of control COVID now uh, in Idaho is because you have all these anti-governmental forces and it hampers our fight against COVID. You, you see how they're how they're beginning to use 
the virus and the pandemic or the pandemic, the scamdemic, uh, whatever you want to call it, um, as a way to restrict people's freedoms, as a way to uh, make sure that they cannot operate in the same way that they have pr prior. And they've circled many of these areas. And it is very interesting to see that there's many, many red areas over the, over the summer now. We have seen an explosion in cases, and I, and I don't think we're in 2020, where where nurses were doing TikTok videos, and we saw people going out to many of these hospitals filming, and many of them were empty. Maybe there were some zones where there, there, there were some issues. I'm not. I, I can't pretend that I, I know all of it everywhere, but much of the footage that came out seems to suggest back in 2020 that this was largely kind of a a media narrative being driven, and it was done by using uh, you know over. Uh, too many cycles of a PCR test, which gives false positives, and, and it was a case-demic as opposed to a pandemic. But now in uh, 2021, it feels like it's 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 actually something different. We know personally many people that have, well, whatever it is, had 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 this. They suffered from something, whatever we want to call it, whatever it actually is, whatever the origin point is. It's almost like it was kind of phony back in 2020, but in 2021 it became real, and I'm still trying to figure out what that is and what that was. It could be something that's you know more mutated stronger strains that's driven by the vaccination program for example this could be people are exposed to spiked protein from vaccinated people it could be a number of things but what what's your take on this because it was another uh, article here this one breaking 911 but they were talking about this uh, healthcare shortage this is also in uh, you know Idaho hospitals and stuff like that this is, seems to have happened in area in Florida in Texas and again many red areas uh what do you think we're looking at here with with this this has been the strangest situation because, you know, right at the beginning, and I think we probably agree on this, when the videos were coming out of China and people were literally keeling over in the streets and really disturbing news coming out and all these projections of millions of people dying. And, you know, I think it's not really a far stretch to think at some point that will probably happen. I mean, these things do happen cyclically in history and with mass migration right now, we have no idea what's going to what's going to happen or terrorist attacks or just these crazy uh, bioweapons are developing. So at the very beginning, I said, it's very possible. It's very concerning. The news out of China is not good. It's spreading around the world. And then not too long after you start seeing uh, holes in the story and you start saying, you know what, maybe this is a little overblown. And then later on, you know, we're all being locked down and, and you start realizing, you know, this is a total power grab. So it was very easy to get, uh, very cynical about what was going on at that time. And I would say, you know, all these videos coming out of the, the, the hospitals where there's TikTok dances, like you said, and all that, um, you know, you start saying, this is a total joke. And I think that caught some of us off guard because in a way, I, I'm not sure that this next wave wasn't planned to be so. I know. We've learned, we've learned so much about this, uh, this gain of function research that they've been doing. And then, of course, this insane vaccine push. And now we're learning about shedding and we're learning about mutations and we're starting to see the picture fleshing out again uh, even broader fashion and you say you know what maybe this whole gain of function research it is uh, tied in with the vaccine that has been pushed out and now we're starting to see a lot more serious cases and a lot of people who six to 12 months ago would have said you know what this is just a bad case of the flu are starting to say actually now people really are getting sick but this has only come after all of the vaccines are being rolled out, all yeah. these experimental injections. So we have to say maybe something really serious is happening now and we do have to be careful. But we know, of course, they're not even going to let us get the medications that we want to get no. if we don't want an injection. So that makes it even more troubling. It's such a convoluted situation. It, it is. And I'm showing that story. There was a great story from Revolver 
uh, news back in uh, February of this year, how phony coronavirus fear videos were used as psychological weapons to bring not only America, it was Europe, many other countries as well, to, uh, to, to their knees, these countries, right? And they went through in detail of showed some of these and showed how they were unrelated to the pandemic. And at the time, we kind of had this opinion. It's like, shit, you know, China doesn't want us to see these this video. They're trying to cover it up, you know, kind of thing. But yet we were there looking at them, right? And we're seeing them and, we're, and this is scaring us. And that's why in the beginning I was just like, okay, well, there's one easy solution to this. Close the borders. To make sure that no one can leave. Well, they can leave China, whatever. But the countries that don't want this, close your border. Don't let people in from this country. No, instead, we got this counter narrative. Oh, that's racist. Remember, Trump tried to do that early on. That was racist and xenophobic. And uh, in fact, go down to your uh, to Chinatown and look, uh, you know, hug your local Chinese person. We saw videos out of Italy, even northern Italy, right, where where, where the, the kind of begun in a way in your, on the European continent, at least. Uh, where there was, you know, Chinese persons walking around and they were getting hugs and making promotional videos about this kind of stuff. Uh, it, it was a completely contrary. And then the narrative started flipping slowly as the media started taking it more and more serious and hyping up the fear. That's when we here at Listen Red Eye started like kind of questioning. It's like, wait a minute, what is this? And you look at the numbers and the cases and how they're doing this with the PCR test. What's that, the root of this? And I know a lot of people in the beginning, too, they were like, this is this is just a flu. It's not that bad. And yes, there are some people dying, but there are people dying from the flu every year, right? It's just we don't put this focus on it. We don't look at it in this kind of way. But now, this year, just as you say, it's something I think is is, is different. And whatever, you know, we had, uh, you know, whatever it is, and, and I'm willing to argue with people about that or whatever, it could be something else. It could be maybe there's another. I mean, think about it. COVID is a perfect catch-all, right? You could literally have a government that's doing some kind of biowarfare experiment on certain segments or certain areas of the population, and whatever symptoms you have, oh, well, that's uh, the COVID. You, have, you got COVID, right? Uh, and with all the false positives and stuff like that. So we haven't figured that out yet. But it is interesting, just as you as you note, that it seems to have become real as the introduction of the vaccine. And, and I've said that for some time, too, that's like, no, the, va- the vaccine is the virus, right? And, and, and that's literally true because it is creating the spiked protein that's turning people into these factories of just like spewing out spiked protein. And I still don't know, you know, how easy it is to transmit from one individual to another. But people have said that this is something that goes out in your breath. You know, obviously, as yucky as that is, but public toilets, you know, if you go, you know, if you go in there and you you, you smell something, that means there's particles in the air. And, you know, it could be things like that, right? Yeah, absolutely. And we know these these masks don't do anything. We know it can enter through the eyes. I do recall at one point Fauci was talking about everyone wearing goggles. If we were really that afraid of what's going on, then yeah, technically we probably all should be wearing hazmat suits. You know, uh, yeah. I saw I saw the the Chinese hockey team just arrived in Sweden for a, a match recently, and they actually all arrived in hazmat suits. <laughs> so really? you have to wonder uh, what what was the propaganda push there. Oh, sure. um, but you know, and, and like you said, like this catch all. You remember stories at the beginning it, it were things like uh, Asian guys and their and their black uh, their skin was turning black. They were becoming. Yeah. Um, you know, African at that point, yeah. <laughs> uh, blue toes was another one, blue toes, long haul COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, all sorts of stuff and everything was getting lumped in to, oh, it's it's probably a COVID symptom. So at this point, we don't even know what a COVID symptom really is beyond, yeah. you know, a couple staples. So uh, we've been conditioned to just kind of say anything could be COVID. Nothing is COVID. We really don't know. 
whatever we're dealing with now might not even be COVID. It might be something completely different. Yep. Um, but we'll never know for sure unless uh, the truth is, is uncovered at some point, which is ever harder to do at this point. I know, but it's, uh, you know, we have enough already, right? I mean, think about uh, Fauci and the mission of gain-of-function research. It's come out, he's lied, recent FOIA requests. There's been, you know, we have the uh, Peter Daszak, that link between EcoHealth Alliance going all the way down to Wuhan Virology Institute and stuff like that. And uh, maybe even that was the nature of the bug, that it will it was designed to go through evolutionary steps where it progressively just is getting worse and worse and worse, right? Uh, and, and we don't know where this is going to take us, especially, you know, when you take the vaccine into account that the, this is putting an artificial evolutionary pressure on the virus, so you, much in the same way that you create super-resistant bacteria uh, by not following through and using, um, you know, um, antibiotics in the right way. These leaky vaccines seems to be creating strains which are much more deadly. And it would explain, too, why we're seeing a spike of COVID-19 cases in places like Israel. Uh, Iceland is suffering from that, too. Gibraltar, some of the most vaccinated places on the planet are having more deaths and more cases than, than, uh, than other areas right now. Yeah, we're starting to see a link between the, the number of injections <clears throat> administered to the population and a resurgence, supposedly, of, of cases or whatever is going on right now. So I think it's safe to say there's a, there's a lot to analyze. And any of us who don't feel comfortable injecting ourselves with this experimental medication, we should be uh, re regarded as the heroes right now because we're saying, you know what, we need to take a step back. This is totally crazy. And let's see how this all plays out. And yeah. uh, we should be regarded as even at minimum as a control group. We should exactly. be treated as such. You know, yep. I mean, if they actually cared about our health and trying to solve this whole thing, they would want a control group. But of course, we know they don't want that. No, exactly. Uh, someone says rip Norm McDonald. He died. Norm McDonald. Someone said in chat. Did you know that? No. He died at 61. Norm McDonald, comedian, former SNL cast. Let me just say what it says of. Um, That's, uh, yes. That sucks. Away. Yeah, the comedian's how, long time producing. How, how recently did he get a COVID injection? Let's see. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, uh, and you won't see it in that story, of course. Uh, it uh, doesn't say. Do, do you have any, Do you see anything there? Says he was battling cancer for a decade. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Well, there you go. That explains. I just saw it in chat. So uh, I, I've seen stories like that. That's that's sad, obviously. But yeah, I've seen stories like that. I think the uh, actually Bob Odenkirk, right? The guy uh, um, Breaking Bad, and then what was the follow up? Uh, no, uh, <laughs> what was the follow up show called again? Do you remember? Uh, oh yes, uh, Sal something. Sal, yeah, Sal. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, better call Sal. Or better call Sal. Sal, Sal yeah, Sal. that's right. Yeah, I'm really he, bad with TV shows. I know. I me too. I don't watch this stuff. I, I did watch on Breaking Bad though. But uh, yeah, he apparently he got his vaccine back in July, I think, and then he collapsed on set uh, just like a few weeks ago and stuff, and he had a heart attack. You know, so people are like, oh shit, you know, kind of watch out. He he made it through though, so he he didn't succumb to that. But. Uh, um, Anyway, let me uh, so, so let's talk about Biden's vaccine mandate. And of course, we've, we've you know, we've heard the we've heard the uh, the clip, but let's play it again in case there's someone out there living under uh, under a rock in terms of what Biden said. Um, 100 employees uh, or more any business required to uh, to get inoculated. My message to unvaccinated Americans is this. What more is there to wait for? Long term studies. What more do you need to see? We've made vaccinations free, safe, and convenient. The vaccine is FDA approval. Over 200 million Americans have gotten at least one shot. We've been patient, but our patience is wearing thin, and your refusal has cost all of us. So please do the right thing. 
But just don't take it from me. Listen to the voices of unvaccinated Americans who are lying in hospital beds, taking their final breath, saying, if only I'd gotten vaccinated. If only. It's a tragedy. Please don't let it become yours. My message to unvaccinated Americans is this. There we go. Yeah. So, you know, (laughs) what more are you waiting for? He said, it's like, well, how about those long term studies that are going into 2025 and 2027? Um, what about anything that, that 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 contradicts what we've learned over the last couple of months that the most vaccinated places uh, are now, uh, you know, it doesn't protect you from getting COVID. It doesn't protect you from from dying. In the UK, I think somewhere like 75% of the hospitalized uh, were, were double jabbed. And then, Dan, they keep changing this thing too, that we're like, well, you're not, you know, you, you, as a technicality, you're not considered fully vaccinated until 14 days after uh, you have gotten both jabs, right? This is a, a CDC story that, that talked about that. When, when you've been fully vaccinated, right? So if you have people that are succumbing to any kind of injuries uh, before that time or they're experiencing other things, maybe they've just got the one shot. Um, and as soon enough, that will change. And that will be no only when you got the third booster shots. That's, that's what they're doing in Israel right now. Eventually, it'll be the fourth booster shot. Who knows, right? So they keep moving the goalpost all the time. Um, but but my take is this. It's, it's simply... It's simply too early to tell where this is going, Dan. Definitely. And, you know, at first, I knew this was coming. I think any of us who have been analyzing the globalist game game plan for years have known that the end game was vaccine uh, passports. And that's what we, you know, you can see that in, in EU documents dating back to 2016, 2017. They had timelines where it said by 2022, they wanted to have vaccine-related passports that were used for to control movement uh, of the citizenry. And so knee-jerk reaction is absolutely not. Uh, once this COVID thing continues to spiral out of control and, and then eventually they'll bring in the vaccine, I'm definitely not taking it because I know they've already planned this all in advance. But if they had caught me by surprise with this completely, and if I was maybe a bit more of a normie or weren't following you know, everything leading up to this, if I saw the government and the entire um, globalist regime, which includes the government and the media and the entertainment uh, sector, the celebrities, the sports stars, if I saw them all pushing me to do this, it would set off red, red alarms just that alone. I would never do anything the government wants me to do that badly. Even if they all said, you need to start eating more red meat, I would start to question that just as <laughs> that would be my, my reaction to that, even though yeah. I know it's you know good for me or whatever. But um, with this, this we've reached this point where it's it's a threat now at this point, and he says we're losing our patience with you basically. Yeah, yeah. And uh, th- that's programming to basically start turning the vaccinated, you know, more aggressively against the unvaccinated. And I have a message back. I would say, I think we're starting to lose our patience with you, and yeah. you being this po- this population of people who are just blindly going along with this, this agenda, walking into the fire. And uh, calling all of us, you know, the jerks, calling all of us the conspiracy theorists and the kooks and demeaning us for simply exercising our free will. You know, we're losing our patience with you. We're losing our patience with the people who treat us like garbage for not having our mask over our nose. Or now, you know, we can't even enter restaurants or, or cafes here in Switzerland without it, without a vaccine or a negative test. And, you know, that's the case in many countries. We are losing our patience with you. And you continue to push people like us, especially those in America, to uh, to further uh, reaches of frustration, uh, it's not going to end well, and it would be wise for them 
to just back off. We know that they won't, but that would be the wise decision. Yeah, they're they're poking the bear. And, and uh, just to remind people about the flip-flops, too, let me play this clip of how they used to take, when Trump was running the vaccine. And again, this is one of the, you know, I mean, I've been critical of many things Trump has done and stuff like that. And of course, Operation Warp Speed is one of the bigger ones here, frankly, how we used the military to bring this in and all that kind of stuff. And he, he's still trying to push it. He was booed, actually, in fact, by the audience when he says, go get them vaccinated. But when they when he was doing it, then it was bad. All these politicians were questioning it. And, what, what, you know, if he's the one rolling this out, I'm never going to take it. Here's a, a little super count on that. Check this out. We cannot require someone to be vaccinated. That's just not what we can do. Needless to say, the right of women to make decisions about their own bodies is not negotiable. No, definitely not. You don't want to mandate and try and force anyone to take a vaccine. We've never done that. Our interest is very simple from the federal government, which is Americans' privacy and rights should be protected. It is a matter of privacy to know who is or who isn't. We don't want to be mandating from the federal government to the general population. It would be unenforceable and not appropriate. Perhaps the federal government should step in and issue mandates. And if not, are you putting the needs of unvaccinated people ahead of the needs of vaccinated people? Well, I think the question here, one, that's not the role of the federal government. No, I don't think it should be mandatory. I wouldn't demand to be mandatory. First, we must increase vaccinations among the unvaccinated with new vaccination requirements. And there we go. Uh, incredible how they can flip flop. And they are they're allowed to do it. They're allowed to question. I remember Kamala was even like, you know, well, this is, uh, you know, there were vac- there were vaccine skeptics among the political elite in the class that are now pushing it harder than anyone. Right. Well, the flip-flops on the mask. Remember the Surgeon General oh, yeah. of the United States telling us, "Don't, please don't go buy any masks. They're not going to do anything for you. <laughs> you, do, you don't know how to wear them properly, which is true. Yeah. Uh, Fauci saying the same thing. It's been flip-flops all along, and that's all we need to know. That's all we need to know to know that these people either A, don't know what they're doing, or B, are truly evil and lying to us all the time, or both. And that's enough for me to say, I'm taking everything you say with a big fat grain of salt or, or I'm just going to dismiss it because I know you're evil people. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Um, so one of the CCP spies here, Liana Wen, she's always on CNN. She's other news outlets, of, of course, as well. And she's uh, made this argument that it basically it's not going far enough. And I think I think we know what kind of what's coming here. Uh, it's 100 employees right now, but then it will be maybe 50 or 75, and then it'll be 25, and then it will be five, and then it will be if you're self-employed. Like they, they, They'll try anything they can here, right? And that's why we can't back up here. We have to have people standing their ground here and saying, no, we're not doing this, uh, drawing a line in the sand. You can't keep b- backing up. In the same way that you're like, you know, people are talking like, try to get fake you know, vaccine cards and you know that kind of stuff like no take take this fight <laughs> say no push back against it if you retreat more there will be fewer and fewer of us there will be less and less ground you know to stand on but listen what she had uh, to say about this this is just in, in, insane what she's been pushing this woman i don't think it goes far enough i actually think that what zeke said about interstate travel was exactly right but in this case we have childhood immunizations that we don't even think about all 50 states have laws on the books to require routine childhood immunizations which we really should be looking at the COVID vaccine the same way and when it comes to employers i think what the biden administration did was was quite brilliant because it gives air cover for businesses that have wanted to do this that have wanted to put vaccine mandates in place but they didn't want to have their employees complain about them now they can say hey 
we didn't really want to do this, but the, uh, the administration, the federal government is making us do it. It also helps to level the playing field so that people aren't then going to threaten to go to another workplace. If every workplace has that same requirement, that's a good thing. So I don't think it's overreach. I think this is what's needed in the middle of a pandemic. And in fact, I think the Biden administration, if anything, could have gone even further. Let's see what happens next. Dr. Zika, man. <laughs> Could have gone even further. And you know they will. This is not over. This is, oh, okay, well, it's only that, you know. This is never how anything goes. They've entered onto this path, and they will leave no one with a way out if they are, are up to choosing for us here. Well, I would say, you know how I know you're a cuck? You sit there on TV as Chris Cuomo and let a Chinese communist immigrant tell you that, you know, your fellow countrymen can have to be prevented from traveling from state to state and not push back on that. That's how I know you're evil and you're a cuck. It's incredible. Interstate ban on travel, and then it will be she wanted planes and trains and all these every every area where by and again, as you said before, yes, it's kind of a boomer take, but like imagine if Trump did any of this, right? It would be holy shit, the shrieking, then endless kvetching. It would be it would just never end, Dan. Yeah, we couldn't even we couldn't even secure our border against uh, international migrants, and now all of a sudden they want to prevent state-to-state migrants <laughs> yeah, exactly just, you can't <laughs> so, you can't make this stuff up clown world is a dark place most of the time oh man it's incredible uh but then of course they also backpack and say no there's no there's no but nobody's being forced to get vaccinated this is the gaslighting like well you have a way out you can be tested once a week and you know it's going to be at your expense and then it's going to be every three days and then every, every day you show up to work you have to be tested and it's to be the specific test that we want you to do something interesting hap- happening here too with the P- the current PCR test, the R- RT-PCR test that uh, has emergency use authorization by the FDA, uh, there's 59 of them out there right now. And uh, we covered a while back that they were talking about how they have what they call contrived samples of the genetic data of the virus when they approved these RT-PCR tests, which basically leaves the door open to anything. Well, what do you mean contrived? You're saying you don't you, you don't have the full thing? Well, how much of it do you have? Do you have 10%? You have 80%? Do you have nothing at all? What what are we even looking at here, right? It's incredible admission. But so because of that, they're saying they're doing away with that test in on December 31st of this year. So as we go into the new year, it's going to be some new test rolled out or some other thing. We had that story of Soros and Gates buying up a UK-based testing company called uh, MoLogic. Uh, and I st- I'm still not sure if that's a antigen test or PCR test. It's probably an antigen test. We'll see kind of what trick they have up their sleeve uh, with that and how that will play into something like this. But for now, at least, and they're saying, no, no, you, th- there's no one, there's no one forcing you uh, uh, to get vaccinated. Listen to uh, the White House um, official here, uh, what she says about this. I'm puzzled by these people who continue to say they're forced to get vaccinated here. There's always been a choice. If you do not want to get vaccinated, you can work from home. You can homeschool your children. You can shop online. So where is this coming from? People saying I'm now being forced to be vaccinated. We never forced vaccinations on kids in school. If you didn't want to vaccinate your kids, you could homeschool them. And people have done it for years. You're exactly right. Nobody's being forced. In fact, if you don't get vaccinated, you just have to get tested on a weekly basis. But the reality is the science is crystal clear on this. Get it, get vaccinated. These vaccines are incredibly effective. They're effective, they are free, they work. And we just, it's unacceptable. It is unacceptable now 
that people aren't getting vaccinated. We need our kids in schools. We need the schools open. We need people to get back to work. We need people flying on airplanes. We need people in restaurants. We have too many Americans still out of work. And this is a simple, effective uh, shot in the arm, if you will, that our economy needs. And there's no reason not to get vaccinated at this point in time. That being said, you're not being forced. You can work from home. You can get tested on a weekly basis. Uh, So I just think this is just smart public policy and great leadership by the president. Of course. (laughs) It's incredible, the gaslighting. And uh, it's like, no, every, every, every data that we have so far suggests that it's uh, doesn't prevent transmission. You can still die. You can still end up in the hospital. It doesn't do anything. And, and again, it's probably because of these new variants and stuff like that, right? But they just continue to lie, Dan. They just continue to lie to our faces and just say, it's safe and effective. Just hammer that and then ban and censor and block and suspend anybody, basically, that 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 says anything else. And it, and it goes back to that point you mentioned earlier that the show, I saw a tweet the other day, it was great. They said like, Somehow they can they can ban and control the narrative around COVID and block any anything they consider disinformation, but they can't do anything against uh, you know things like child pornography, for example, online. It's just whoa, we can't you know oh, we can't do anything about that. Uh, it's one of these there there it's a willingness. If the willpower existed uh, to stop certain things, they absolutely could. In this case, of course, they should keep the dialogue open because this is one of the most important things that's happened, I think, in in probably world history. Uh, you know, if some of these experts that are talking about this. Medical experts, professionals in the field, they're coming out, they're warning about this. People that are behind mRNA technology, like Robert Malone, you have other people, of course, other doctors speaking out. And they're just, they're cautioning and warning and saying, look, this this could be really bad. It's too early to tell. We, we, we'll see what happens. But at a time like this, you would be, you would need to be flooded with different perspectives and different scientists' take on this to get as a, as a professional, as an accurate take as possible on whether or not we should enter onto this path. What we've seen is a complete opposite, where they've just narrowed it to one single view, and that's why we can't escape that. That This is the singular agenda. The most important thing that they're driving right now is to get every person on this planet vaccinated, Dan. And that's enough reason to say no right there. That's all you need to know. Yeah. And you know, all the lies she told there, we could dismantle them all night. But one of them is you can still work from home or you can do this or that from home. And that's increasingly not the case anymore. We're starting to see university students who can't even do online learning if they're not vaccinated. We're starting to see people getting fired. I saw uh, one of, the, I think her name is Julia Song. She was a an anchor or a reporter at OAN. Now she's working, she said, as a, uh, as a in finance, but she works remotely. And she's being fired because she uh, isn't vaxxed. They, they are firing people even who work remotely. So we're seeing that that's the, that's the case. And, and also, what about all these companies that have more than 100 workers who are going to have to prove that their whole, whole workforce is vaccinated? All those people who are working remotely, what's going to happen to them? So everything she's saying there is is provably a lie. Yeah. Absolutely. It's uh, definitely insane. Uh, let me go to this story here. Well, I guess we could. Uh, Ron DeSantis is pushing back a little bit. We've seen a good, um, healthy opposition, what they call the vaccine rebellion. We've showed a couple of maps. I don't have it here right now, but it's basically uh, the coastal elites and then a couple of exceptions in the, you know, Colorado, I think it was. It was, the, you know, not fighting back uh, some of the um, Midwestern states and stuff like that, right? But there's a healthy pushback. And this is what DeSantis um, in Florida said about the situation. Oh. If a government agency in the state of Florida uh, forces uh, a vaccine as a condition to employment, that violates Florida law. 
and you will face and you will face a $5,000 fine for every single violation. And so if you look at uh, places here um, in Alachua County, like the city of Gainesville, I mean, that's millions and millions of dollars potentially in fines. Orange County, many, many more than that. Um, at the end of the day, you know, look, we did a lot in Florida um, to distribute uh, access. And at the, in December, when the Pfizer and all this stuff came out, you know, I said we would work very hard. We'd prioritize our seniors that we'd make it available for all, but mandatory for none. And that's been the policy that we've had from the beginning. What do you, uh, what do you make of that, Dan, uh, the pushback uh, from some of the states here coming? Well, clearly, DeSantis is the best on the issue. Um, some of these responses were very tepid on the pushback. They said, we'd be, we'd be looking at our avenues, you know, some of these attorney generals for the states, uh, attorneys general, uh, or some of the governors, you know, we'll be in the conversation about how to resist this. But, you know, I don't have a lot of faith in a lot of them. They let us down so many times on so many other things. However, I think DeSantis deserves so much credit for how much pushback he has been give, giving for probably the past year, you know, after everyone kind of realized that maybe it was a little bit overblown at the beginning. These lockdowns were totally insane. DeSantis was the first one really to uh, put an end to that in Florida. You know, I'm not a DeSantis stan. But I would say that he is definitely one of the best in the American political landscape right now. And uh, I hope he just stays governor of Florida. He's perfect right there. We don't need him trying to run for president right now. We just need really strong governors who are going to resist this insane agenda. And we need 50 Ron DeSantis's across the country. And we can worry about the presidency later. I, I hope he just stays in control of Florida right where he is and just keep doing a good job there. And it's very encouraging. You know, if I have to come back to the U.S. at some point, uh, as things get crazier here in Europe, I will probably return to Florida. My roots are there, and uh, if I need to, I will, just because he's doing a great job. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's good to have these uh, governors and stuff. And of course, one thing that even Biden's, you know, swooped into his speech there on, uh, was it the 10th of September he did this over the weekend? Uh, uh, regarding the mandates, and he did say that any governor that uh, stands in his way is going to use all his power to to remove them. Essentially, again, imagine if Trump said anything like that. This is this is absolutely insane, right? Uh, but do you think that will there? It looks like there will be some kind of like organized effort. I'm not sure what the development are in different states yet, but it looks it looks somewhat promising. Um, might not you know fix the entire situation or whatnot. Uh, but the technically right the uh, the states and even down to the county level. Uh, should have more power than the federal government uh, over over issues like this. That's what they said when, when Trump was president anyway. Sure, dripping right down to our sheriffs. That's where we really should have the, the strongest lines of defense. Uh, of course, that's not necessarily how it works these days. But, uh, you know, DeSantis is doing a great job. And there are pockets, pockets of the country where you are. They're doing a great job there as well. But like you said, you know, Biden has vowed uh, as the globalist mouthpiece that they will take down anyone that stands in their way. And uh, it's probably just a matter of time before they launch the next attack, whatever it may be. Um, I think DeSantis has stood the test of time so far. He's, he's withstood a lot of different attacks uh, through the campaign as well when he was elected. So uh, I, I feel good about where he is, but uh, we'll see what tricks they have up their sleeve because they're not going to let this rest. Uh, and the whole world is watching Florida and Texas right now. Mm -hmm. And Florida is doing a better job than Texas. But when I have conversations with people all over the world 
you know, we're, we're looking for where can we go? Because some of us who are mobile enough to, to go where we need to, we're looking for that place because hopefully there is some bastion of freedom because it doesn't look too promising right now. And the, the places that come up the most, they're not even countries now. They're people just say Florida or Texas, people from all over the world. So yeah. they are a beacon of hope at the moment. Very good. Let me show you a couple of uh, some footage and photos and stuff like that here of just some of the horrific you know, side effects. This is uh, Harrison Smith from the uh, American Journal showing some of this footage, which is just incredible. Look at the baby here just trembling. So this is a, a supposed, I, I mean, we don't know, right? But apparently the pregnant um, mother uh, took, a, took a vaccine, right? And then they had the footage of, um, let me skip forward a bit here, of the baby uh, trembling. Look at this horrible uh, footage. I, I, I want to, you know, make sure that this is the link and that we know this, obviously, of course, but we've seen so much of this footage now coming out, not only, of course, of, of babies, but adults trembling and shaking and Bell's palsy. We've seen the blood clot issue. We've seen so many issues, and most of this is being covered up. I saw just the other day was a headline that um, from, from mainstream media, and they said, oh, well, uh, the, the women were reporting strange, uh, you know, menstruation and blood clots early on after they got vaccinated. Now we're spending $1.6 million to look into it. Like you think maybe you should have done that before you started the mass, uh, this experiment, this mass vaccination campaign. Um, but what do you, what do you, what do you make of it when you see footage like this? If this is really the link here, you know, we don't know yet hundred percent, but what, what do you make of it? Horrifying. We know, we know there's been so many complications with menstrual cycles, with pregnancies, with uh, issues with the breast milk, um, with uh, miscarriages. I mean, the amount of miscarriages that are being covered up because of the amount that we're finding out about has to be uh, unbelievable at this point. And this is really, you know, sad. I mean, if this is linked, I mean, th these people have so much blood on their hands. I know, I know. It is so disturbing and preying on the children like this. I know. Uh, you know, it's bad enough preying on adults, but it's exactly. even worse. On children. Yep. Here's. Uh, I think this was in. Uh, was it Korea or so, one of the Asian countries? That <laughs> this is newborns here. Look at this insanity. I've seen. I've seen kids being born behind plastic. It, it's incredible. Mm. I just thought. I don't, it's just. It's the world's gone mad and insane, right? And, and again, ironically, now this is what makes complicates the situation so much, right? Because again, we know that they were stirring this up like crazy in the beginning. Now there seems to be an actually legitimate risk slowly kind of revealing itself through this as well, which makes all of this even worse. And that's why I think we have to we have to get to a point where we find out, well, is this is this vaccine driven or is it or is it a natural mutation? But I don't I don't think we even have to go there, Dan, because we have we have the proof that Fauci and Dazak and these people were doing chimera like viruses and they were funding this. Uh, U.S. taxpayer money went into this. There was certain, what was it, the Nipah virus from, from Canada and stuff like that that was weaved into this. People early on talked about there was a portion of like an HIV virus that was into it as well. They've they've meddled with this stuff. And even if it got out accidentally, I don't think that's the, the case, but even if that was the case, these people need to be held criminally uh, accountable. I mean, Fauci should be five years in jail just for lying for uh, in front of the Senate or the Congress, right? Yeah, you know, we have such little pushback from our elected officials. And, it, you know, it's great to see Rand Paul call for jail time for Fauci. But yeah. most people just say, oh, he needs to resign. He needs to be fired. No, these are these are war crimes. That's how they need to be treated. Yeah. And a lot of people we just talk about Fauci. I mean, 
there are thousands and thousands of people who have been involved in this. Every single person, every single medical professional who is applying pressure to their patients to get vaccinated. I mean, these are, these are war crimes that need to be treated as such. And uh, I hope we get our day in court someday. Yes, absolutely. Uh, let me see. I was showing this here, too. It's kind of interesting. Help my catches Israeli health minister admitting vaccine passports are about coercion. Uh, unaware that he was on a hot mic being broadcasted live on TV station, Israeli health minister Nitsan Horowitz admitted that vaccine passports were primarily about coercion, uh, coercing sorry, skeptical people to get the vaccine. Imposing green pass rules on certain venues is needed only to pressure members of the public public to get vaccinated and not for any for medical reasons, uh, he said. Uh, unaware that his words were being broadcasted live on the national uh, the nation to the nation, sorry, on Channel 12, Horowitz told Interior Minister Ayelet Shakid that not only should the green pass be removed as a requirement to dine at outdoor um Restaurants, but also for swimming pools, uh, too, not in, not just in uh, restaurants. And I don't think this is English here, but we could play the clip uh, anyway. It's a subtitle in, in uh, Hebrew, I guess, or whatever, uh, Israeli. Um, what What's the so the, the vaccine passport thing? What, are you monitoring this in Europe? What's It's di- different in different countries. I mean, France have rolled this out. Um, UK has backpedaled. We'll show something on that in a moment. There's not a the, so the EU has released directives, right? They want to be kind of centrally in charge of this, but I think the rollout has been somewhat even in Europe. What, what do you know about that situation? Well, I know a lot about it right now in Switzerland because they just implemented it yesterday here in Switzerland. Oh, really? Wow. Yes, and they, you know, people were talking about it. The government was hinting at it, but when they actually announced that they were bringing it in, it was just pat- this past Wednesday, and they gave five days' notice for the country that uh, basically the vast majority of indoor spaces will not be open to anyone who cannot produce the vaccine passport on the phone. And uh, so that means restaurants, cafes, venues, gyms. So this weekend I spent my last day inside of a restaurant uh, with some friends. And um, you know, as of yesterday, uh, we're no longer welcome inside the restaurants and cafes. You can still sit outside uh, thankfully, while the weather's nice, the pariahs get to sit outside. But once the weather deteriorates, then uh, we will no longer be allowed inside. So the protests have kicked off here in Switzerland. And uh, if anyone knows anything about Switzerland, they're more on the reserved side. They are nothing like their French neighbors in general. Uh, the French are constantly out protesting. And I would say they're doing a great job in France of standing up to this. And it's been pretty brutal in the streets of France in recent weeks. But the protests here just kicked off. Uh, On Wednesday, the government announced that they were implementing the VAX mandate uh, for uh, interior spaces, and uh, 10 to 15,000 people turned out immediately on the streets of Bern, which is great. And this footage that you're rolling, I just shot this weekend in Lucerne, which is another one of the major cities in Switzerland. Uh, We had uh, a few thousand people out uh, there as well. And so the protests are scheduled to go on and on uh, in in one city or another for the days to come, weeks to come. Um, But the government just dropped it on us. And and it looks like right now most places are going to go along with it because of the threat of fines. Uh, I was told today someone said they tried to stop into McDonald's to grab a coffee on the way to work. And there was a guard outside checking for vaccine passports at McDonald's. So... 
that's where we are in Switzerland, which is regarded as one of the quote unquote freer states of Europe yeah. and the more uh, libertarian ish, maybe a little bit as opposed to Germany, uh, Italy or France, our neighbors, Austria. And so that's where we're at here. I know they're bringing them in in the Netherlands and they've brought them in in other countries as well. I would imagine the UK, uh, they've backpedaled temporarily, but they'll find a way to bring it in. And that actually brings me to a question for you that I wanted to get your feedback on was what is going on in Denmark? What's the angle? I don't take it at face value. It looks too good to be true. And I know they have something up their sleeve. What do you think being a Swede, knowing the the Danish mind probably fairly well? What's what's going on? there? Yeah. So I think let me see if I can find the story there. I had that uh, <clears throat> uh, because that's it, it, it's important. So basically what I think is happening is I could have sworn I had it. There it is right there. Denmark ends COVID restrictions after reaching 80% vax rate. So it's basically, it's good, you know, good little citizen. You you, you obeyed. You're going to get your, your right. It's going to go back to normal. You're going to be able to do what you've done prior, right? Um, I, so, I th- so I think this will not last, right? So my prediction here is in three months from now, you will see probably more lockdowns. You will see mask uh, wearing again being pushed and you will see the rollout of a vaccine passport much in line with the rest of the European countries. Because, again, I believe that the vaccine is the ones that are driving uh, these new variants and stuff like that. It could be even a newer, you know, virulent, even more, uh, you know, transmissible variant that pops up or something like that. Or it still will be Delta and stuff. Of course, there's questions of how they track those and stuff like that. They do genetic samples here and there. Uh, but it's not, you know, always accurate or whatever. But so uh, the, the point is that they're showing the rest of the world. They're using Denmark to show the rest of the world. See, if you just if you just obey, if you just take the vaccine, and we reach eighty percent. I mean, Australia had this too, right? But they said like, no, we need to reach uh, first seventy five, then eighty, then ninety percent, and then it's like it's going to be a hundred percent. But they're doing it to show the rest of the world. Look at what what good citizens get in return. They get to uh, they get to uh, go back to normal. But my prediction is this is not going to last. Uh, uh, maybe some people in Denmark knows this, you know, higher up or whatever. Maybe they don't. Uh, but it's a temporary thing, unfortunately. I, w- I wish it was over. I, so I wish it was over. I wish it, th- there wouldn't have to be anything else. The vaccine solved everything. That was it. Good. No one got injured uh, on a greater scale. We know there's there is injuries, of course, and deaths. Uh, uh, but nothing more, you know, severe than that is is happening. And they're back to normal for for you know. For 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 the rest of uh, for for the rest of time or whatever, uh, but that's just not going to happen. I mean, it, it's this is it's same thing that you mentioned from the UK, uh, right? We had a story of that too, and they did actually backpedal, right? Uh, it, they backpedal and said the day after they announcing it, they backpedal and said, no, we're not going to do it. Then they flip flopped again. UK government says vaccine passport integral to COVID winter plan dead the day after they were supposedly scrapped. And I same thing that I said that. Oh, give it time. They'll just be right back on that. I didn't know that would happen the day after, though. <laughs> so this is uh, the same plan is going to be everywhere globally, right? That That's what I think. Um, and, and the Switzerland, Switzerland situation, is that a national passport or is it somehow tied to the green, uh, the EU green passport, uh, Dan? It's my understanding that they are interchangeable. They're related. It's it's uh, obviously Switzerland is not an EU country. So I don't think that they did their own, supposedly their own development of the, the COVID app here, but it definitely works interchangeably with the EU and EU visitors can use their green pass here in Switzerland, as far as I understand. Um, I honestly don't know all the ins and outs because I don't have it <laughs> and I don't yeah. plan to ever have it either. Right. Um, But just to finish off your point there, I think what you're saying is correct. And I think it's really important 
for people who are really paying attention like yourself and, and myself to this, these particular issues is that we don't allow these white pills to spiral out of control because there's the, all this euphoria about what's going on in Denmark. But if you read the government statement about it and, and any of the mainstream media articles, they all make the point, you know, deeper down into the press releases that the government reserves the right to bring in restrictions back at any time if the situation warrants it. Yeah. And also we can't forget that Denmark, I think was the first country in Europe to actually introduce the COVID passport. They, they rolled it out. They're like the first ones. Yeah. So right now we have this white pill, but like you said, it's to disarm us, to make us think that everything's going to be okay as long as we reach these milestones or our governments are, are eventually going to respect our freedom. And, and I don't think that that's the case. So, but I wanted your opinion because Sweden has kind of remained an anomaly throughout this. And I wonder yeah. why as well. <laughs> yeah. So my, you know, my understanding is, uh, you know, talking with, you know, family over there and people that I know and friends and stuff, um, initially they defied all the the lockdown measures and stuff and of course they remained kind of as an island as an example we could use at the time see there's no difference nothing there was no major difference in in deaths and stuff in fact in some cases it was even better off <laughs> than some other areas now they did take precautions in the sense that they you know the most vulnerable they did you know kind of quarantine them as opposed to the whole healthy population and stuff like that right but now but my my take on that was the only reason why they didn't do anything is basically that our government is now so inept and so incapable of doing anything that they don't even know how to run this program <laughs> properly. Now, though, now they're doing it right now. They have done measures. Now there are restrictions. They're talking about passports and stuff like that, too. That was dropped, I think, just the other day by a politician as well. So they'll follow Denmark. They'll follow many of these other countries, uh, I guess, a little bit depending on the va vaccine rate and stuff like that. But it's interesting, as you said, Denmark rolled out the vaccine passport very, very early. Then they like, oh, no, good, good, good citizen. You took the vax. Uh, good job. Now we'll let you know in a Pavlovian conditioning style. Now we'll let you have some, you know, some some stuff back here for, for a little bit, uh, essentially. But keep an eye on Denmark and see what happens there, because I think that will be also a a tell then uh, in terms of what will, will be coming to other countries. Um, they have the they want an international digital certificate whether it's tied directly you know to your health uh, primarily uh, or even covid covid vaccination scheme or something like that this is something that's been in the works for uh, well actually decades or or a, few, a decade i'd say you know id 2020 the world economic forum have been working on this uh, the World Health Organization, of course, have been working on this, too. Now the EU kind of released their version of stuff. This is basically just about kind of homogenizing this and, and, and linking it up and syncing it between all the different countries. And eventually, I think, Dan, that that will be tied to essentially a, a social credit score, a behavioral like, oh, you did good. Here's some points and stuff. The UK uh, covered that just uh, the other day. The UK, although they, you know, now now they're back on the vaccine passport trail once again. Uh, but they were talking about a social credit score app, essentially, where the government will give you points and rewards uh, depending on what you eat and how much you exercise and stuff like this. It's insane, right? Yeah, you know, we think that that's, that's in the pipeline. They want to get there anyways. If, if you go back to the uh, the Agenda 21 biodiversity map for the United States, uh, that was 91, 92 and you see these, the, you know, mega cities, these zones that people will be allowed to live in, and then all this empty space in between them, where technically there should be no one living, and extrapolate that to a global map. Then you have to wonder how would they control everyone moving between those zones, moving between the countries, and there there has to be some sort of control mechanism for them to realize that plan, 
And so uh, the, the vaccine passport would seem like a logical step on the pathway to reaching that goal. Yep. And of course, now I think you had this story too, right? Uh, Breitbart, the uh, <clears throat> no, no vaccine for the, uh, the, the, the illegals and the migrants and refugees coming. Uh, in fact, they're even given ivermectin, <laughs> right? When they're actually crossing uh, over the border. Uh, but we have to do, they can move freely, right? Across borders, they can go wherever they want. The, this is about us in a way. This is about keeping us in our homes and our, in our zones or regions, whatever they want to call it here in the future. Yeah, you know, I had a thought earlier today, and I can't claim originality because I heard it uh, proposed by one of our great video reporters, John Bowne. Um, what we have to think beyond, we have to try to think ahead. We have to try to think what is going on, look behind the curtain, and just analyze all the different possibilities for what's going on and what is the end game. That's what makes us conspiracy theorists, of course. Um, but one of the the thoughts that that John put out, and I think it definitely it seems possible, is that um, they're importing this servant class, a slave class who they need, the, the elites need to do the dirty work as they, you know, as they already do in the United States and other countries, the, the, the lawn care and the pool cleaning and the nannying and all that. But they don't really want us to do that because we don't, uh, we have kind of abdicated the, that role anyways. And on top of that, we're the most rebellious types, white Europeans. So what if they are, are executing a plan that uh, is to be rid of many of us um, through a different, a variety of different ways, but through this, co these COVID controls and through these vaccine passports, and, and at the same time bring in uh, an underclass, a permanent underclass, and not require them to get this vaccine because that would actually, you know, make that kill them or damage them or maim them or make them infertile. Um, and so, what if we're being replaced along the whole, of course, great replacement theory? but with a long-term agenda in, in plan for just the people that are needed to like do the work. Yeah, exactly. Of course, uh, it's a good, it's a good take and it's, uh, I think, uh, well, a, ra a rational one to make, right? They're, they're looking at, of course, really high birth rates among these immigrant groups, lower birth rates, and then demonization and guilt rating, uh, you know, the, the native Europeans. Uh, and that of course causes, you know, people to be less prone to reproduce. It's creating in a, an unstable environment. It's going to be very interesting to see in the next couple of years what we're looking at when it comes to just the birth rates. And I mean, if, again, just tying the vaccine into that discussion too, that it's like that could be, of course, a, a major issue that might even be the primary driver of why we'll see a decline in birth rates. We don't even know yet. We, we have no clue, right? There's uh, rumors that it makes, uh, you know, young boys, uh, they have they have problem to teenage boys and stuff like that. Uh, heart issues, but it's even some research is pointing to that there's t testicular issues with this mutant virus, whatever it is, right? So that will be remain to be seen. Uh, but yes, they're essentially getting rid of a pesky, rebellious uh, class, I think, of people, a uh, group of people, and they're seeking to replace that with one which is ruthless, uh, cosmopolitan, and a globalized uh, uh, human, which is, you know, as was it Wells, H.G. Wells, who's ever said that, like, just smart enough, you know, to kind of to push the buttons and, and, and keep some of the machines going, but uh, not, not really question anything else beyond that, you know? Right, exactly. The, just this the slave class. You look at uh, India as a great example as, as to how this the caste system works, and I think they would they would love to have something like that in North America or globally, of course. And going back to the the issues with the testicles, we have Nicki Minaj is like on this train now. She's warning everyone about uh, right. what we're doing to 
infertility with these shots and uh, her cousins in Trinidad and all that. So, I mean, it's no secret <laughs> what's going on right now. No, she was uh, exactly. I had the tweet there. I guess she was fighting with uh, Joy Reid, the MSNBC host as well. Uh, and she pulled out some uh, old tweets of her where she was questioning the vaccine and stuff like that. She said, I mean, will anyone, anyone at all even ever fully trust the CDC again? And who on God's earth would trust a vaccine approved by the FDA? How do we get a vaccine distributed after this broken Trumpist nonsense has infected everything, even if Biden wins? That's what Nicki Minaj tweeted out as well, which is kind of funny. And so they were, I guess, she, I forget what the thing was here. I'm not following this, but it was like some, she didn't want to go to some event or something or a concert uh, because they demanded people to be vaccinated. So they assumed she was anti-vax or something, I think. I think it was the Met Gala. I think. Oh, it was, was that. Okay. Gotcha. Debating yep. whether or not to go to that and then told a story that apparently one of her cousins in Trinidad uh, had severe side effects uh, due to the shot yeah. and uh, will not be able to produce children. And then his fiance cut, uh, cut off their wedding. And it was, it's been a very interesting uh, read on Nicki Minaj's <laughs> on her Twitter feed. Interesting. Yeah. Well, Good, very spicy indeed. Yeah, good. Well, we need people uh, uh, bringing attention to this and bringing it out. Check out this. We'll have some random clips here. But uh, Australia, of course, have been a huge, uh, you know, experiment as well on the police state front. Of course, they do have just straight openly like the camps now. They have their quarantine facilities for for COVID people. They've had this crazy footage coming out where they're like hunting down a guy who sneezed in an elevator like he was, you know, Australia's most wanted or whatnot. But here's some scenes out of uh, the beach attendees. Uh, in Australia. Let me make sure I have the uh, audio on for this. I think it's on. Check this out here. To everybody that's lying on the beach, please remember you are in breach of the public health order if you are not wearing your mask. Please put your mask on, otherwise times will apply. Also remember social distancing is vital. We're not out of this mess yet. And if you are outside of the five kilometer LGA, again, you are in breach of the public health order. Thank you for complying. And thank you for helping us to keep the LGA safe. <laughs> That's insane, right? Uh, they've had so much of that footage coming. I just utterly police state. It's, it's incredible to watch, isn't it? Well, we've been calling the UK Cuck Island for a while, but I think we have a, a new one will take the crown for uh, Cuck Isla, uh, Island in the Anglosphere. Really disturbing stuff in Australia, though. It's, it's uh, like returning to its uh, former glory as a prison colony, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's horrifying to see. It really yeah, of is. course it is. A absolutely. It's crazy. Yeah, we have this footage, too. This uh, well, it's not loading right now. Um, someone was filming uh, the film uh, uh, TV show crews in Australia. Let me turn this up a little bit here. Uh, so massive lockdowns. Full this lockdown, is in. Can't leave till eighty percent vaxxed. Okay, here it is. Here's the and they are the filming a TV show in Brunswick. Have a look at this insanity. There's over a hundred people. Let me go back there. Yeah, Facebook has forced me to log in. Let's see here. Cannot believe what I'm saying. So over a hundred people Half there, I mean, a TV show films being filmed, catering, <laughs> everything's happening Dog there. Street, we are getting fleeced, people. So again, it's some some are more equal than others, and some certain propaganda must continue. I think the the 
uh, Hollywood uh, had some of these exemptions also in the early days. We saw restaurants shut down. I was, this is like last year, I think. And there was a woman just walking around the corner, and then she showed like how the movie sets had like these massive tents set up, and they were feeding everybody outside to get you know not socially distanced or anything like that. So the propaganda must continue, obviously, Dan. <laughs> yeah, the elites they need to be fed, but the rest of us we can have bugs and soy burgers or whatever it is they want us to eat. <laughs> I know, it's crazy. Uh, all right, let me see. What, so just a general little take here. This was from, um, uh, this is a story from RT, but it was reposted on uh, Infowars Europe. Uh, European gas prices hit another record high on low supply. We have this whole issue with the supply chains and shut, you know, shortages. Not only staff and stuff like that that's coming now because people are walking out, they're not vaxxed uh, or they're getting fired or, or something like that. Uh, but just we, there's feeling there's this momentum has, that's been building up for some time uh, to just a, a, an utter collapse of the supply chain and increasing prices. What's your what's your sense of the well, how does things feel in Switzerland on this front? Well, thankfully, I don't have a car here to suffer these terrible gas prices. But we see that in the United States as well. And I think this is all really boils down to in addition to what we're seeing with the supply chains, but the war on transportation. And we see, you know, these insane car prices in the U.S. And, and you know, I, I have, I'm not buying a car here in Europe. I'm not really aware of the, the, the car prices. But I have to think they're probably somewhat similar to what's going on in the U.S. where you have people who bought a car three years ago and the car is now worth more than it was when they bought it because of the shortage of used cars on the market. And uh, also, the you know, these insane gas prices that we've seen. And, you know, if you ask yourself... Why were gas prices like half the price under Trump and all of a sudden six, you know, eight months later, they're explosively higher than Biden? Then, of course, we have to assume this is not just a supply and demand issue. There's a lot more going on here. They can control these prices much more, you know, than, than the average person thinks. And, and I think ultimately is all goes hand in hand with them trying to limit our travel and our freedom of movement. And, uh, and unfortunately, you know, I, this looks like the kind of, moment where um, maybe the gas prices never do come back down. Um, maybe this is the, the push, you know, that you have all these cities uh, after COVID, they, they've designated all these new areas where you can't drive a car through them because, oh, because the things are greener now and it's cleaner and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I'm all for walkable areas of cities if it was an organic uh, situation. But of course, we know that the war on our ability to transport ourselves at our leisure, mm -hmm. at our own uh you know, free pace and in, in a, an affordable way, we know that that's under assault. So I'd be more inclined to think that it has more to do with that than it does with, um, with the supply chains, but I'm sure it's all working hand in hand. And we know, you know, we have countries like in Germany and, and other countries where they're vowing there will be no more uh, pe petrol fueled cars on the road by 2030 or in production. And, and so, you know, they have to get there somehow. We're already towards the end of 2021. So they have to drive as many people off the road, force them off the road as possible, or at least out of petrol-fueled cars. Yeah, definitely. Hey, you linked up an interesting clip here, too, we can play. as a Portuguese judge, I guess it's out. It's, it's subtitled, I think, folks, so to, to check this out. It's, uh, he's coming down on, on uh, basically police and their treatment. Um, I, haven't, I haven't kept up too much in Portugal uh, but if I mean, it's mostly the same in most European countries now in America, of, of course, too. But uh, check out this clip here, guys. Yeah. 
Tá a perceber? Estou a olhar o dos olhos. Não tenho medo de si. Tá a perceber o que eu estou a dizer? Ai de você que tem regra sobre as pessoas. Porque há coisas que você sabia das pessoas. Que dão os seus chefes. Que dão os seus chefes. Estás a entrar. Olhar nos olhos. Olhar nos olhos. Tá a perceber? Tá a perceber? Não vai carregar sobre as pessoas. Não vai carregar sobre as pessoas. Tá a perceber? Tá a perceber? Não vai carregar sobre as pessoas. And I think, it, yeah, I think it comes back again or <laughs> comes back for more. I mean, we've seen a, just an incredible assault on people. I, I, and I could just think back to things that we've seen with like these, well, migrant riots in some cases, BLM uh, protests and all, all kinds of manner of crazy shit. We've seen like uh, Kurds and Turks fighting on the streets of Germany and stuff like that, right? Bloody battles and stuff. And the police are just helpless and we can't do anything. Again, like we emphasized earlier, if the willpower is there, if it is to control the local population, the native population, the police uh, have, have all kinds of measures at their disposal. They are can be however ruthless they need to be to to quell you know rebellion or protest or stuff like that. And it's really turned out to be a, a, a huge problem that these police, our own people, I mean, they're, that are turning against the the, the, the people. I. You know, there's a lot of this. The boomer tier was back to blue and stuff, but I think we've seen a shift in the trend there. What, what do you think, uh, Don? We definitely have, and you know, a lot of people who would who would instinctively back the blue are realizing the the blue is not backing us. No, no. And none of these COVID restrictions would be in, would be they would never be able to enforce them without the help of the police. And you know, I, I'm I'm tired of hearing you know they're just doing their job or the orders come from above. No, it's just it's we are never going to go back to normal. We're going to continue spiraling into tyranny because of the police above all else. Yeah. They can just say no and they need to say no and they need to turn on the people who are telling them to do this and enforce the law against them. And you know, this guy is a total hero, total chat. I don't know anything about his politics. I don't know anything about else about him, but when have we seen anything like this throughout this entire ordeal of the last 18 months? I know, right? Yeah, someone standing up against official like this, standing up to the police, and you know who knows what what repercussions he's going to face after this for for doing this a, a lone lone wolf like that. But we need more a sheepdog, I should say, a real a real sheepdog. Yeah, I mean, again, and someone is giving these police orders, and and they need to be confronted. They need to be, I mean, at the base minimum, vote them, <laughs> vote them, get them out, right? Uh, it's I don't know, it's just the voting issues and stuff. I mean, we're seeing that even in California now with Newsom and stuff. I mean, he uh, if polls are correct or whatever, he. He'll probably stay, right? Trudeau will probably stay. Like these people, they found some mechanism here after they got out, got Trump out, right? And and in some cases, they use mailing ballots, they use uh, maybe voting machines and stuff. I just have this feeling that like the elite, the the political faces, I guess we should say, uh, outwardly, that's like doing this to us. The PR men, 
They're never they're never going to leave. They're they're never going to be voted out of office ever again. That's what it, that's what it feels like. What, what, what's your uh, feeling on that? Hundred percent. We're not voting our way out of this. And you know, there's so many people who are looking to 2024. They want to talk about DeSantis. They want to talk about Trump. Yeah. Just, you know, whatever it is. Look, if a sitting president who has the will of the people behind him cannot stay in office and retain his position in office without being driven out on the world stage while everyone knows it was a scam. Yeah. Everybody knows that. Yep. If he cannot stay in power and stay as president, then what makes us think that four years from then, after they have four more years to lay the groundwork to stay in power forever, that we're ever going to peacefully vote our way out of this? It's just not going to happen. It's a pipe dream. It's a white pill that I'm certainly never going to swallow. No, definitely not. Hey, tell us about this story here. You linked this up to um, Fauci. We're going to mandate uh, coronavirus shots if hardcore group of holdouts are not persuaded to submit. What, what did he say here? I didn't catch this one yet. I, I actually threw it into the list there as I was going through and haven't had a chance to read through it fully. But, um, you know, I think it's 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 indicative of the amount of pressure these people are willing to put on us, and you know it's it was kind of started a little bit polite. They were incentivizing people, trying to pay people to uh, get the jab, blah blah blah. And then then now you have Biden saying we're losing our patience with you. You have officials in in Australia, and New Zealand using the same terminology. We're starting to lose our patience with you, and uh, and people need to realize that eventually it's not going to be nice or polite. It's not even going to be pressure. It's going to be straight out we're going to mandate uh, this hardcore group, which is going to be people like you and I. Uh, and, and if people keep giving into this agenda, there's not going to be too many of us left. And that's what they're counting on is like a, a tipping point, you know, 80% or whatever it is. Um, and eventually, you know, we could be looking at a, a camp situation like Australia, but globally. Yeah. Do you remember, uh, did you ever know of David Deese, the author, uh, the artist? I'm showing some of his images on screen right now. Uh, cool guy. We interviewed him once. He did, he did uh, uh, you know, sh uh, graphics, I should say, or, you know, memes, I guess, of sorts early on uh, of, of the, the, these kinds of scenes. And people are like, you're crazy. And I was like, now we're, we're there now. <laughs> Vaccine checkpoints, forced and coerced measure, measures. Right? What, what did the Biden call them again? Strike teams, wasn't that what he was talking about? Going door to door and things like this, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, this, these, wow, these images are, they're poignant. And, and it only took us 18 months to get here once they put the plan in place. Obviously, they've been, you know, massaging this in for decades, but the, the acceleration of authoritarianism has really only taken 18 months. Who knows where we're going to be 18 months from now? It's not a pretty picture. No, definitely not. It's absolutely crazy. Um, let me see here. We can do a couple of more and then we can start rounding up. Uh, I want to keep you too long, but I appreciate your time here. It was great uh, speaking to you and just, you know, getting in touch and, and getting your take on things over from the Switzerland. And um, yeah, we showed, we talked about that one. Let me see what else we had here. There was a couple of stories just out of Europe we can we can talk about real quick too. Um, uh, yeah, we kind of addressed this in a way, I guess, but uh, just the, the overall idea here too that as all these other issues are happening at the same time we're dealing with massive waves of refugees the economy they're a burden on the economy and then they're going to try to like get these people to integrate into our societies and function in, in, a, in a high-tech society this is just a, it's a on every end dan we're getting hammered and it's just like it could be one or the other domino that falls but it will take the rest of them with them when the, when they do no, for sure. I mean, they're, they're pounding us from from every angle, and we have so few people standing up for us that are that have any wielding any power whatsoever. Yeah. So we're kind of here uh, at the mercy of the wolves, and you know, we, we did touch on this earlier. Afghans are some of the most crime prone, 
um, people and, and most of them are young men that come in and they are predators. Many of them are predators. And we have so many terrible stories. You probably remember uh, one of them, one of the most famous, Maria Lautenberger. She was a daughter of a, uh, an EU official, an attorney yeah. for the EU. And um, she was also a, a um, volunteer at one of the refugee asylum centers in her town in Germany. And an Afghan uh, guy, he uh, caught her one night on her way home from a party, I think, and he raped her and threw her body into the river. And she was found dead. And it turned out that he had also done this, basically the same thing in Greece and claimed the whole time to be underage. They later determined that he was definitely not underage. And he had uh, raped a girl there and thrown her off a cliff before making his way to Germany. And when all that was said and done, when uh, her body was being lowered into the ground, her parents asked that in lieu of flowers that people would make a donation to another uh, refugee resettlement type organization, yeah. some uh, charity group. Uh, so it, it, it speaks to the, the, the depravity of the people who are implementing this agenda. Even people in the EU, they cannot control themselves. Mm-hmm. They are totally sold out to this, just like Molly Tibbetts' father in the United States saying, yeah. these, people, these people are just like us, but with better food. It's a sickness. It's totally insane. And they're inflicting huge amounts of pain, death, rape, sexual assault on uh, on, on the rest of us and our families here in the West. Crazy. Yeah. Afghan killer, uh, child killer wandering in Austria, reached Britain via channel, posing as refugee. Uh, Was this the one that killed the the 13 year old that was left at a uh, in the middle of the road? But right. Was that this is the guy? Yes, it was a 13 year old girl. She was, I think, from the countryside or uh, town outside of Vienna. And she was in Vienna for some reason. And uh, these uh, Afghan men, they somehow got a hold of her. They plied her full of drugs. Uh, They raped her. They killed her. And then they left her body propped up against a tree out in the street. And uh, she was only 13 years old. And it's just, uh, I mean, it's incredible. These these stories are every day. I know. Not all of them. I know. Exactly. Yeah. And we, I mean, we cover, you know, them sporadically here and there too, because otherwise it will be the only thing we would cover and kind of thing. But that's how insane. And we need to, of course, cover them, you know, intermittently to to remind people of what's going on. Right. Um, But there's just so many of them. And it's on a, people are kind of getting numb to it almost. It's, you know, it's like, oh, it's parse and parcel. That's just what it is now, kind of thing. Right. We have police. Chiefs in Sweden is like, well, you know, to solve the gang, the gang crime that we have is going to take uh, decades, and it's just part of the problem. It's just, it's this. It, they've accepted it when people, 10, 20 years ago, were warning and saying this will lead to a, a free fall of society, of civil and kind and, and high trust society. It's going to be chaos. It's going to be crime. It's going to be out of control. Well, we're called racists and bigots and idiots for that. And now it's happening right in front of our eyes. And it's admitted by the mainstream press not to that. Oh, well, that's just that's just how it is now. And we can, but we can't do anything if we can't deport these people. Obviously, they, there's you know, we need to help them more. In fact, it's our fault that they're doing this. That's that's basically the narrative, you know. Right. Or let's bring another hundred thousand in uh, from here and a hundred thousand from there and 50,000 from there. And it's insane. And, you know, and. To give a little snapshot, you know, even here in Switzerland, there's a huge migrant issue. And some people d- didn't don't realize that because they just assume that Switzerland has, uh, you know, stronger border controls or it's harder to immigrate to Switzerland. But, you know, I spent some time in, in some of the bigger Swiss cities uh, this weekend moving around in Lucerne and Bern. And I'll tell you, in, this, in the city centers, it is dangerous. I was in the city center of Bern uh, for all of 10 minutes because I had to come out of the train station and then grab a bus. And uh, drunk male migrants all over the place and uh, little scared teenage girls running around 
trying to flee the region. And, uh, you know, and, and that's what every European city is turning into, yeah. at least in Western Europe. Yeah. It's horrifying. I know it's incredible. Right. And, um, and 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 yeah, it's just kind of it's just kind of happening. And it, I mean, again, I think there is a breaking point. Of course, we're seeing people trying to flee, they try to get out, and all that kind of stuff, right? But it's like this concerted effort to like you know get prisoners out of prisons and release them in society. If they're in a foreign country like this store here, just bring them over, bring convicted felons over back to the U.S., bring them into Sweden. ISIS fighters need to come back, and you know we see these headlines over and over again. It's like they. They want the chaos. They they want uh, disintegration and collapse of society because again, they, they, that's then they can come in as the saviors also at some point and saying, well, we need more uh, surveillance, we need more control, we need more uh, robots policing people, we need more uh, uh, checkpoints, we need you know, it's there's all these beneficial things, and it's a you know the national security apparatus is gaining more finances and money from that too. It's like a, it's it's a it's the justification for the existence of this of the state. And especially a state which is, uh, you know, overbearing and, and as big brotherish as it possibly can be as well. Yeah, problem, reaction, solution. It's uh, the same playbook over and over. There you go. Uh, all right. Um, Dan, it was great having you here. A anything else uh, you want to get out here before we round up for today? It was great having you here. It was awesome to be here. No, uh, just uh, great to share this time with you and uh, really admire everything that you guys do. And you guys keep pushing forward through so much persecution i commend you for that i know it's so hard i can't even imagine what you guys have been through and uh you know big fan and uh please keep doing the great work that you do and thanks for having me on well thank you no it's a, it's an honor to be here it's an honor to be a target out i guess we're over the target for a reason they they, they shut shut us down and censor us for a reason and i mean same thing with uh you know with infowars obviously it's one of the the canaries in the coal mine not not there's some before but on, on that mass scale as we saw of course as well being kicked off uh, uh, major platforms within like 24, you know, multiple within 24 hours and stuff like that. It's absolutely crazy. How, so tell us how people can find your work. Give us the websites again. And uh, and if there's any other like social media or something you'd like to give out so people can follow you. Sure. Yeah. My Twitter up there at Citizen Analyst. I'm on there pretty frequently as long as they'll have me. I'm also at the same handle on Gab. You can find my work on Infowars.com, EuropeWars.com, NewsWars.com. And uh, also I manage a website that we showed earlier, BorderHawk. Dot news and basically that's a news aggregation site specifically for immigration related issues focusing on North America but we also have segments for Europe and internationally and uh, every single day we are uh, collating all of the stories from around the world that have to do with immigration which is of course one of the biggest issues facing us at this time and we put it all in one place uh, of course in a drudge style format we're not going to say say it's anything other, other than that but uh focus specifically on immigration and then you can go there and just see what's going on in the world on a daily basis and uh, other than that you know that's uh, those are all the spots and then uh, occasionally you know on the shows with uh, Alex and Owen War Room and all that stuff awesome well thank you so much again for coming home man. really appreciate it uh, we'll stay in touch and love to have you back in the future so keep up the good work Dan for sure take care awesome thank you all right, there we go. That's Dan. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to wrap up there. I do appreciate you tuning in wherever you're joining us from. We're, of course, going to be back with more tomorrow. No Go Zone is back just as usual. Uh, but yeah, guys, uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, we are trying to do some more interviews here, of course. Next Tuesday, we'll be back with uh, John Waters as well over from Ireland joining us to talk about the COVID uh, debacle and all that good stuff. So uh, stay strong, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you guys later. Take care.